Street Fighters, how's it going? It's Sunday night, it's the call-in show, and we're back in the studio, quarantine is over. If you're watching on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube, thanks for joining us again. We're, we're live in the studio, as before. Um, next Sunday is Valentine's Day, so we're not going to be doing a call-in show. And then after that, the 21st on Sunday is going to be the ABCD call-in show, Anybody But Sis Dude. So I'll send more info about that on all, the, on all the channels. You can follow along with what we do on social media. We're Street Fight WCRS on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We are Street Fight Radio on Twitch, twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. You can use your free subscription every single month to help support what we do. Uh, you can also buy bits and play sounds and and uh, subscribe with real money and that goes to us and we're getting closer to that uh, affiliate status i'm going to try to go live a few days this week just to make it a habit and to get us over the edge because we're so close and uh, it's because all of you that support and tell your friends to to watch and interact with what we do so Thank you. We are Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And my name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. Uh, we are taking your calls tonight. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. Uh, how is your day going, Brian? Okay. Back in the studio, so that makes everything easier. It does. Easy peasy. No more sitting in my room with my uh, hanging off a thread uh, mic stand, which sucks. You have a hanging on a thread mic stand? I had to do some work to it to make it fit on my table, and it, it fucked it up, and I don't know where to buy one that isn't shitty. So just uh, living with a shitty mic. I want a boom arm and because uh, I move around a lot while I'm at home. A little, little less here because I have like a stationary thing uh -huh. you know but uh, i move a lot around a lot more when i'm at home so yeah yeah that's that's what's going on with me i guess okay I didn't like take it. a walk today because it's 12 degrees out yeah that, that makes sense i can see why you wouldn't <laughs> just decided to sit around all day and take naps which is that's what you do on sunday so that's nice yeah especially in this weather it's not the best I i've seen yeah and super bowl it's the super bowl so I don't even know how many calls we're going to get tonight. People are probably busy watching the Super Bowl, the big game. Oh, everybody. Everybody's got their buffalo chicken dip ready to go. Sitting alone in their house watching the Super Bowl. Getting excited, though, you know? Eating one potato skin and throwing the rest away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're saying that there could be an outbreak after the Super Bowl, but I can't imagine that's what people... But I guess people go out for everything, so... I yeah, guess. there's a reason to go out. Yeah, it is a reason to go out. If if you gotta if get to, you got to, it's a sacred holiday. If if I wasn't doing this, I'd be watching the Super Bowl probably. But I didn't even turn it on because I'd be like, how can I tear myself away from this action <laughs> when I have to leave to go do the show? Yeah, so there's gonna be so many good commercials. Yeah, yeah, the commercials are gonna be great. The game's gonna be great. It's just gonna be a good time, you know. Yeah. So. That's what's going on. That's I don't good. know. I don't have a lot going on, man. All right. That's good. I've been I, in the house for two weeks. Yeah. I've been watching the uh, World Series of Asphalt down in uh, New Smyrna, Florida. The just most rinky-dink racing ever. I'm loving it. I watched a good movie today, too. An anime. 
called Redline. Okay. And it, was, it was good. I think you would like it. Racing movie? Racing. I figured. Redline. And it's good. It's like a kitchen sink. It's like the old ones that we would watch, you know, in the middle of the night when you were young. It's it, There's a place called Robo World. And they're sneaking onto Robo World to do an illegal race. And this gigantic nuclear monster comes alive. And there's all these different racers. And they all have different themes. It's 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 like has everything you want. The main guy, though, is a little... He's a little too rockabilly for my liking. Yeah, don't like rockabilly. But he's very cool. He's a badass. He smokes. He he doesn't like anybody. He's smart-ass. Uh, definitely recommend Redline if you haven't seen that one. Really? I'm watching... I started a show I swore I'd never watch. That's how low we've gotten on the... Uh, TV shows to watch. Me and my family have finished everything. Okay. So now we're watching Ozark, which I, is like Breaking I, Bad, but with Jason Bateman in it. Okay. And instead of drugs, it's money laundering. Jason Bateman is a money launderer? Yeah. In the Ozarks. In the Ozarks, yeah. He start. He has to move down to the Ozarks for reasons that are too intense to explain here. Like... Just somebody wants him dead, and he has to move down to the Ozarks and do money laundering, uh-huh. I guess. Okay. And I don't know. We just started watching it last last night. We watched four episodes, and we were like, all right, well, I guess this is something. There's 30 of them. So yeah. Yeah. That's something to do. It is. That's what we're. That's our new strategy all the time is like, what is there 30 episodes of that we can just sit around and let play, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but we finished everything good. So now we're just stuck going to like stuff that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, uh, anything that you would think would be an interesting thing to watch. We've done that. Now it's just what stuff I swore off when it came out, you know? Right. And, uh, what's something you just remember? Yeah. 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 This might be some dude might be too dude for Gwen. You know, but she's, she's kind of into it. She, she was watching it. I mean, she watches American Horror Story all day. Okay. That's like she gets up and puts on American Horror Story until she goes to bed. And okay. Just sit there. There's like 10 seasons of that. Which is. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, we got to get these vaccines. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess there are other things to do besides stare at the TV, though. I don't think so. I'm trying to figure that out lately. Yeah. You and never, I just don't never, think so. Never picked that model back up or anything? Nope. Never picked the models back up. Never. Uh, I didn't feel like playing video games because I don't want to be in a room by myself all day. What? You want someone watching? Go on. You gotta, we got to do that stream so someone can watch you play games. Yeah. We got to get my streaming set up. Why do you I'll go out and play games. Why are you against playing video games in a room? Oh, I just don't want to go sit by myself in a little room like that in my office. And no one can bother you. I know, but I like it when they bother me. Doesn't sound like it. I do, actually. All right. I'm always following the wife and kid around. Like, what y'all doing? What are you doing? You know, especially the past two weeks where I've been at home. I haven't seen anybody. I feel like I got to bug everybody that I even get in contact with. Like, hey, what are you doing? How's it going? What's happening? Uh, Got anything going on? You know, asking my wife about work. What's going on at work? Yeah. She tells me, Sitting and I'm down. like, oh, I don't want to ask that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I just, I need to. Something to do. I need to know there's a world, you know? Just boring. This is, it's, I've, I've hit the part of winter where I am seriously a mess. 
Yeah, I like it's over with. I'm not like I'm not gonna make it this year. I thought I was gonna be more positive this year. Not gonna do it. It's not yeah. gonna happen. I am. Um, I am really stoked that January is over. That's one thing that I'm very excited. <laughs> hey, about. that's living a- on is January. You did not have to do that for a very long time. That is positive. That's a positive way to <laughs> be. I should have thought about that. You know what I did yesterday to try to get my wind in my sails? I looked at weather by month. Oh, so that wow. I could see a day that was 60 degrees and was like, okay, well, it's going to happen in a couple months. Yeah. Maybe. Look, I don't know. Look, for, look forward to. Sometime in March, it's going to be 60 degrees, according to the weather. <laughs> right. <laughs> Does weather by month, which doesn't even get it right by week. <laughs> but I just get excited about it. Like, oh, 58. I mean, it's raining, but 58 is pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's 12 out there. Yeah. 12 is hard to deal with. I went to start my car and it didn't even go the first time. I had to try twice. Oof. You know, yeah, that's a bad feeling. <laughs> when you turn the fucking thing and it just goes, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no. The- oh, no. It's over at the UDF over by your house, the, the gas station. I turned the key and it went, and I was like, oh, that's not good. And then I turned it again and it started. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's I do have some know. news about the car, though. I got a uh, a thing in the mail, a recall. Okay. That said, if your engine smells like it's burning oil and stuff, that they'll replace it. Okay. And mine has been having that problem. So I might get a new engine. A whole new engine. In the old soul. I think so. I'm going to take it in. They were like, if your service engine light comes on and, and you smell oil burning, then we'll replace your whole engine. And I was like, that's tight. I'm going to do that then. I mean, I'm I'm sure somehow my car won't fit in that thing, or like they'll be like, "You're overreacting," you know. Well, it's you, like it's worth a shot, though. Well, or actually, I think in your case, they would replace the whole engine and then be like, "Oh, we didn't mean to do that. You got to come back. We're gonna put the put another engine in because we couldn't get your old one that went to the scrapyard." Yes. Well, I'll, if I did, I would have a whole new engine and a whole new transmission. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's not bad. That's and a whole that's new like car. a new car. Yeah, I just basically have a new car, which is now a whole thing in my house because I plan to give this to my daughter when it's paid off, and she doesn't want it. Well, yeah, because she don't get I to pick. apparently she can buy her own car. apparently it's a meme with Zoomers that Kia Souls suck. So. They'll be like, oh, that's an ugly car. You know, she posted a TikTok in her car and they were like, ew, is that a Kia Soul? And it's like, oh, my God, stop poisoning her. That's not cool. You don't have to be. Yeah. I mean, jealousy, you don't have to take you don't have to take someone's jealousy seriously. Yeah. That's what I keep telling her. It's a car, dude. Yeah. What, what does this, who cares? Uh, ask her to watch any of the prestige TV shows that you've all seen and, and the shitty kinds of cars they give teenagers in those programs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody gets a shitty car the first time. That well, car's not even that shitty. You can't complain. Any car that's given to you for free, you can't ever complain about ever, especially to the person <laughs> that's giving it to you. That's all I hear. Oh, Kia you can Soul. buy your own car. You're that's what I keep telling her. I'm like, you want a car payment? I mean, I guess go for it. I'm not co signing. Right. Because I know you ain't going to pay it. (laughs) 
I know. I know how this shit works. Get a job. Get a Range Rover or whatever it is you're trying to get. Oh, yeah. You know? That's definitely... That's a great first car is Range Rover. That's the perfect one. That's what she wants, I think. Or a Land Rover, whatever, the expensive... Yeah, because 18-year-olds usually have $1,000 a month to pay for all the weird mechanical problems that go wrong with it. Yeah. That's what... Yeah. That's how she's acting. Well, actually, it's not even that I want a really expensive car. I just want a Subaru. That's the expensive car. And I'm like, car. I think Subarus are expensive, That's, dude. Can, you can't wait. Can't you woke shame her and tell her she's being like a basic Whole Foods like white lady? No, I can't. She doesn't. She's impervious to that. She doesn't care. She just wants a Subaru. But yeah, you can't. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I'm not getting her unacceptable. A Subaru. No, I not didn't think you would. Yeah, no. That computer. She wants to trade in that computer for one month of a Subaru car payment, <laughs> then go for it. A down payment on. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. You know? A Subaru. Get out of my life with a Subaru. That's something that, a damn that's, Subaru. You know what? Subaru is a great aspiration though. That's wonderful because you that's something that you can't achieve. You know, if you start BMWs and all and Range Rovers and all that, you can't no one can achieve that. No one can can actually afford to have those fucking vehicles. Yeah. I had I had a GoPuff guy come here with a fucking Audi, driving an Audi. Yeah. And I'm like, you look so fucked up to me right now. Yeah. I didn't want to tip him. Like I he has an Audi, he's yeah. a better car than yours. Yes! Absolutely. Sell your car, dude. That's the problem. Take a night off. It's like the old David Cross bit about getting your pizza delivered in a limo. <laughs> like as a as like a luxury thing is they'll deliver your pizza in a limo. Yeah. Very funny to yeah. me. But uh yeah. I mean, well, you get a car like that, you gotta you gotta do the side hustle, I guess. And go yeah. puff is That is true. That's one true. of the things, you know. That's true. I mean, I'll t- I like I said, she can go get a, I don't know what job she can get when she's 18. But she can get a job when she's 18 and get a Subaru. I don't care. I'll keep the goddamn Kia Soul, dude. Yeah. I don't care if teenagers are snickering at me when I drive by them. It fucking drives. And it won't have a payment. What a yeah. fucking... What a fucking thing I'm handing her. You know? Yeah, wonderful. What's better than a car that runs without a payment? It's the dream car. Yeah. That's I'm, all I'm, I want. I'm caught up in payments, too, and I'm just thinking about the days like, man, remember that car? Remember when you had that car paid off? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a nice car, that paid-off car. <laughs> any car that's paid off. It's a nice car. Is nice. It's nicer than any car that you're making payments on. I've never had one. I've never... Well, I did have one, but it was a piece of shit, and I only had it for like six months until I had to fucking... Yeah, I've had those too. Buy a fucking car at JD right. by Rider that was also a piece of shit. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, she... I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what these teens with their being uh, there was not a really a car we made fun of as kids you know there wasn't like somebody got a car and they were like oh what a look at you with your beretta you know what i mean god what's wrong with you fucking ford escort you know it was just excited to have a car you know it didn't fucking matter jason drove a fucking geo metro Oh, yeah. I've driven a lot of those. No backseat? Fucking convertible? That's He's driving that. A piece, that thing's a piece of shit. A tiny little piece of shit. And he was, like, happy as shit to be driving the fucking thing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I see Jason drive some shit fucking cars, dude. 
some Mustang, a shitty ass Mustang he had. A shit, and it was just like nobody made fun of him. You know? Nobody made fun of my friends that drove shitty Novas and stuff. People were just like, damn, can I get in your car and go places with you? It's a different world. Yeah, I guess. Now a Kia Soul. Dude, do you know what people would have done for a Kia Soul back when I was a teenager? A car, the equivalent of a Kia Soul back then. Yeah, I mean, what I used to do was any kid that got a car to a, uh, equivalent to a Kia Soul was in the middle of the night, I would go rub shit and vomit all over it as some sort of like poor kid's <laughs> retribution against them. Yeah, yeah. Because you're driving some Camaro, some yeah, shitty-ass Camaro And a 1986 Camaro I paid $500 for. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. It was, you know, yeah. A Mustang 5.0, one of those cars. <laughs> the Fox body. Like, yeah, guys, uh, would get, guys would get the Mustang 5.0 and then be like, I'm driving a Mustang, dude. Isn't this badass? And it's like, you're driving an Escort. It's a jalopy. Dude. Yeah, that's an Escort, dude. That's a piece of shit. I don't know. I just, that makes me nuts, dude. That something happened where it went viral to say Kia Souls are pieces of shit. And now I have to deal with that. It does seem pretty. In my life. It does seem pretty like the world is kind of created to uh, to cause problems for you. Yes! Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Not fair. Not even fair. You don't hear it about anything. She'd probably rather drive your minivan. Oh, of course. Yeah. Who wants a minivan? Once you have one, you do want one. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to make fun of your car because that's the whole point here. Right. We don't make fun all of cars. cars are great. Cars, they Not all of them. Run. Some of them are pieces of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my car's kind of a piece. The, the soul is kind of a piece of shit. Right. But it's relatively reliable. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. You just got to replace the engine and the transmission and that baby runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was having... I actually, like, was trying to, like, cheer myself up by thinking of warm stuff. And shit, you know what I mean? Like just kind of oh, like yeah. just remember. I love that. You know, someday the leaves are gonna show back up on the trees, and it's it's gonna be warm out. You're gonna be out there. You're not fighting the elements and stuff. And then the, I'm so depressed that the thing that popped into my stupid head was driving my car home from Tennessee when the catalytic converter was crapping out and it wouldn't go faster than fifty miles an hour. <laughs> That's not a warm feeling. That wasn't that a warm feeling, warm. but it was like, well, it was warm out when it, it happened, I guess. You know, oh, just you were <laughs> just reminding yourself that bad stuff happens in warm climates as well. <laughs> yes, that's yes. what popped in my head. Yeah, I was thinking also a good one, good mental exercise now is to think about yourself in the middle of July and complaining about how hot it is and how you hate being sweaty and you wish it wasn't like this and you wish it would just cool down. That's yeah. what I always say. That's what I always think about, too. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to want to be right back here when it's summertime. So yeah. I, I feel like I'm in my summertime mindset. I'm happy that it's not hot as fuck right now and that it's almost over. We're so close. We're getting there. Yeah. The days are just so bleeding into each other. February is going to be done so soon. It's a short month, too. It's just four straight weeks. Just clean. Boom, boom, boom. The way it should be. Every month should be 28. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the amount of days, though, doesn't... It's like winter is going to end when it wants to end. And that's the issue. Well, Puxitani Phil seems to, to think that uh, we it's going away. He says, I think we're we're safe. It's like a reprieve. Get that vaccine and get that fucking winter over and we're all set, you know? It was... Um, 
I don't appro- I don't approve your misery exercise, but uh, I do I do I was thinking about all the stuff I did in January and was like we I mean I really used to do a lot like I thought that I did I thought that January and the winter nothing happened but one year ago we went to wrestling we went to corn we did a variety show we went to soup fest yeah <laughs> we did something four weekend like every single weekend we had a huge event we were having fun yeah we're just doing all kinds of shit yeah. Just fucking celebrating being in crowds with people. Breathing their breath. And now it's going to be the end of the year, they're saying. They're saying. They're the saying. holidays will be normal next year. <laughs> the oh, town- Dr. Fauci, this new, I'm the new New York Times subscriber currently. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, all I read about is the coronavirus. I don't read anything else in that fucking stupid newspaper. You should, you should try to get like a, we should get you a town crier job, maybe. You would be really good for that if you walked around the whole city of Columbus ringing a bell and, like, announcing, like, folks are saying, end of the year, vaccines for everyone, gling, 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 gling. I technically am the town crier because I walk around town crying all the time. I get what you're saying, too. Well, it's, yeah, different meanings. (laughs) Dual meaning. I was trying to flip into the positive, maybe. Yeah. We are doing the Get Motivated stream on Tuesday. Yeah, we're going to kick off the Get Motivated series on our Patreon. Uh, I listened to Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, I was totally flabbergasted by how awful of a human being that guy is. I'm and still how working fucking on fucking crazy that book is. Yeah. Oh, my God. It no, fucking, I wish it was just called I Hate My Dad. It is. That's what it is. Yeah. The, the way that he refuses to use their names and just call his dad poor dad the whole time is so disrespectful. I can't imagine he talks to his dad anymore. I, I would totally disown my daughter if she wrote a book and didn't even say, like, I had a rich na- dad named George and a poor dad named Brett. And was, then say, Brett would always tell me, you know, buy everything, spend all your money while you're here because you aren't taking it to the other side, you know? Yeah. Instead of just calling me poor dad the whole time. Yeah. My poor dad often would say something extremely stupid while my rich dad would say <laughs> something extremely intelligent. <laughs> and that is the difference between the dad. Yeah, and I looked up at my, I was 10 years old, and I looked up at my rich dad, and I said, Rich dad, I don't want you to pay me. I want to work for free, because that's how rich people do it. Yeah, yep. Rich people don't work for money. They make money work for them, my dude. (laughs) So true. It's all about cash flow. Yeah, that's it. We got the game. That's probably what we should do. We should probably try to play that on the stream. Okay, Uh, yeah, we did. Um, it's all the way over there, but, uh, I'll, I'll bring it back. Uh, somebody mailed us the cash flow game. Uh, that was really awesome of you. Uh, and we now have the $90 board game. They said they, that it was from a previous time in their life is what it said, <laughs> which we all had previous times in a our new lives. world. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. It's got a, it's got a, a Chuck E. Cheese type character. Someone related to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck e. Cheese is poor dad. That's rich dad. This, Chuck E. Cheese is poor dad. This is the rich dad in <laughs> the, the rat universe of uh, mascots. Tried to be a, a fucking fat cat rat guy. Yeah, we'll just set it up. I'll come over here Tuesday night. We'll play this. We'll try to take some calls. See if people want to talk about motivational speakers. It'll be a fun little time. And well, I wanted to read since the- there's no show on Sunday, you know, this is a little extra for you. True. All right. This is Hey B&B. Love the show. Bought this back in the day, and now it's time to pass it on. Enjoy. I can't tell what the name is. Um, I'm going to take a guess, and I want you to take a guess. What? 
I, I don't. I cannot read this name. I'm gonna guess Craig. I'm gonna guess Terry. Chris. I think it's Chris. Okay. Or Chaos. Chaos. Craig or Chris or whatever. It's sweet of you to uh, send this to us. Yeah, thank you. That, that saved us from from uh, lining Robert Kiyosaki's pockets with another ninety dollars. Yeah, and didn't make us buy it. Because we were thinking about it, but we didn't. I'm going to play this game. There is a passage in the book about this game. Oh, good I, synergy. It made a woman cry. It did. So Because she wanted to keep her boat, and she wasn't willing to uh, limit her spending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. We what got some a calls? psychotic fucking thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. so let's get into let's these calls. Let's see what these calls are up to. Oh, this first one is from... Uh, I know who this is. This is... Uh, Organizer out of LA and work with Ground Game. Uh, Kendall, how's it going? Oh, here we go. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? I actually, I actually also brought my friend John Mother with me. Um, he's here. John, say hi. Yeah, I'm here too. Hey, John, how I are you? Freeway called you. Oh, all right. That's using technology to your advantage. <laughs> Yeah, I did like a, I did a little like junior high move and three-way call. Nice. It was really fun. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, what's going on in, in L.A.? Yeah, and John, I, I saw I saw your uh, your pull quote about uh, you would buy beans if it would hurt, cause injury to a billionaire. So I wanted to salute you for that as well. Yes. Yeah, John Monner is uh, locally famous in the L.A. Times for his uh, <laughs> his. I'm a businessman. He's a businessman yeah, now. Making deals. You're the new bean dad. <laughs> you, you, we'll start calling the, you the bean dad. The good bean dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a new series, Bad Bean Dad, Good Bean, bean Dad. Bean dad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, John, tell them about, give people context about what we're talking about. We're talking about songs, folks. Um, Bring up stock. Go buy some GameStop stock. Um, Be the rich dad. Yeah. Get some stock. I almost uh, did. Tired of being a poor dad? Probably. Get some passive income. <laughs> GameStop stock so I can sell and cover my losses. I, I, I thought about it, but then I said, I don't understand the stock market, so I should probably not fuck with it that's the same I thing i was either. just telling brett and jason before the show about dogecoin they were like jason was like i got some dogecoin and i was like i don't even know what it is so it would be dumb for me to get involved yeah i bought ten dollars of doge at the same time and it's oh, hell yeah night, so i sold it for 65 yeah none nice. of this stuff makes sense the numbers go up the numbers go down there's no there's no reason behind it i think i'm gonna buy some i'm gonna buy some dogecoin we're gonna this is how we're gonna fund you know organizing work. sure <laughs> Doge. dogecoin yes so what what's uh yeah, what, what's going on uh you said you're from predators i'm sorry you're from you're you're uh, from ground game la is that what you said? Yeah. yeah, so Don and I both organized with Ground Game LA. Um, and thank you for having us on. I um, lately have been just like really wanting, it's 
you guys are kind of like the best example, I think, of a podcast that like continues to always like doing the call-in show and stuff, like hearing from people who are having real life like experiences in like just in general, but specifically like organizing. I think a lot of times um, in the like online Twitter sphere, it's really easy to get like demoralized when you're looking at like how fucked up things are <laughs> and like nobody and a lot of that is because like nobody hears about the work that's being done in different places because it doesn't get fucking covered anywhere like nobody fucking knows about it and like it's so that's why i kind of reached out and was like can we come on and talk because there's actually like a lot of great work being done all over the country um and people need to hear about it i think <laughs> so we all don't just give up yeah <laughs> absolutely like looking at songs all day <laughs> Absolutely. I, I feel that way too. It's nice to hear because it's such a hard time for a lot of people. It's pretty depressing and, and you're not getting around people and, and, and seeing good stuff. I think a lot of times, 100%. I think a lot of times like we run around and in, in life, maybe we run around in, in our circles and we, we get the feel for what's going on and it, and it can feel good. But then when you're, uh, uh, now that we're all kind of isolated, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't talk to anybody that's doing anything, really, because I'm isolated. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, way harder to connect. I mean, just in general, like, one thing that I try to talk about a lot in, like, organizing work is that, like, when we're relying on, specifically when we're relying on, like, just text-based communication, like, on Twitter or, like, just texting people or whatever, it's, like, you're missing a lot of context. And you, like, lose a lot of the, like, social connection that we rely on when we're in real life and when we get to see people and just having, like, that human connection um, just ends up, yeah, it just it has, like, a reverberation, I feel like, for all of us. Like, it's such a fucked up time. It's so hard to hold on to hope. and um, but, but we know also, like, I mean, I know from being here on the ground, like, how many people are you know, doing mutual aid work. How many people are, like, whether it's an organized effort or it's just, like, people individually like helping out their neighbors or whatever like there's so much of that going on right now and we just don't fucking hear about it like we just don't hear about it like yeah. it doesn't doesn't get clicked yeah so so what i, I know y'all have been doing a lot but what are some of the recent successes you've had there i know i've seen some of the links have been shared but you know fill us in <laughs> i've been talking a lot john you want to you want to jump in um well uh, we won a city council seat here um, in November, which is uh, fairly unprecedented and very difficult to do. So we got yeah. an actual leftist in office and really one of the most um, powerful positions in the country, probably, in government. Yeah. Um, that, that's been good. <laughs> um, we stopped Trump. We single-handedly stopped Trump from being reelected. Um, um, I think like uh, one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that like in LA we actually voted to defund the police we passed this thing called Measure J in LA County in November which like we don't have the exact numbers on how much it's going to take out of the LA County Sheriff's Department but it's going to be an enormous amount of money taken out and rerouted into like social programs and literally like reinvestment in like 
black owned businesses and stuff That's great. Um, and community like land trust programs, things like that. Um, which like, is just like missing from the whole narrative that like you can't win elections on defund the police. Like we yeah. literally did that. <laughs> they put our abolish the police tweets on mailers and sent them out to everyone in the district. And we still crushed our opponent. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's they literally really, sent out, yeah, really they good. sent out like fear mongering, like red baiting mailers to like people in Nithya Raman's city council district that literally just printed out like tweets from ground games that abolished the police. And we're like, this is who's behind Nithya Raman. Like don't vote for her. And yeah, we beat them in like during a pandemic when we couldn't canvas, we still beat them by like how, how many points do we beat them by 10 points? I think so. Yeah. That's incredible. You know, like one thing I, that I also like wanted to put out there is that I just think like, I, I, I think I've talked about this to you guys before actually. And I think we talked about it when you guys were out here, how a hundred million years ago before the pandemic. Um, but like, I think people still really misunderstand that like Los Angeles is mostly fucking like poor and working people. Right. And like the image of like what LA is, is like all dictated by Hollywood and like Instagram influencers and all this shit. And like the reality is that like the median income in my city council district uh, is, I just looked it up yesterday. It's like $24,000. Wow. Um, And People just like don't really don't understand that. And like, that's part of why, like, we're the epicenter of the pandemic right now. It's because people are living in multi-generational households. People are forced to work in construction or in healthcare, obviously, or in retail. We're the biggest jailer in the country. (laughs) We have the biggest jails. And so our house got COVID because a public defender lives here. Um, Right. And it's also even. We've all been. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's also like even yeah, like the people that work in the industry and in the entertainment industry are even like most of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing that people yeah. don't understand is like, I mean, I met so many people out there that told me so many uh, t- that told me so many stories about working in the industry, and uh, uh, it really is. It, it really is amazing yeah, that amazing. people think it's some rich place, you know? It's super crazy. I mean, like, part of it is also just that we have, like, more wealth disparity here, right? Like, we do have a ton of rich people here. We just also have, like, a ton of poor people, and it's very, very, very divided. And it's really obvious when you walk around and you see, you know, unhoused people living in encampments with the largest unhoused population in the entire country by a lot. And like mansions and luxury fucking condos everywhere. And it's just the disparity is so jarring. Um, and it's also yeah. like, like uh, culturally, it is like a fairly progressive city. So people here who live here, when you actually talk to people about it, like they don't want this to be the case, you know, they, but they've like been good liberals for a long time. And trusting the system and trusting the people in power who are like all Democrats, but like moderate types been, though, because like like mm-hmm. it, it's like the uh, uh, the Democrats in L.A. seem to have like these big, which obviously they have these big outsized personalities that people I think think that 
because it's California, they're like, oh, it's all these leftists running the government there in California and all this shit. (laughs) And it's like, no, it's like moderates that get by on conservatives calling them leftists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, like our mayor people... can't even say the word sanctuary city. Like he ref- literally and so. asks to and refuses to. You know, it's funny. Your yeah. mayor even like virtue signal like that. I have from the first time I ever went to L.A. I have stickers all over my house to, now that still that says something like "Stop Garcetti." And it's like, uh, uh, the, oh yeah, you, we got you, lots of stickers. You'll find them sitting around. <laughs> we'll find them sitting around the house, and like nobody even knows who Garcetti is. I'm just like, yeah, it's the mayor of California. Uh, some people that like the show hate him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all fucking hate him. And like, I mean, that's one of the things I think. Like, I also wanted to just share with people like around is that like it's it's also just like how important it is to like work locally and like figure out what you can do because like. If you, if you take a look at what your power structure is in your city, wherever you are, and then make, like, then figure out, like, who's, who's, who are the players here? Like, who are the, who's, who's actually literally in power? And then who's funding those people? Right? Like, who are the small business owners that are, like, shitty there, or the big business owners who are funding that shit? And then you can start to, like, actually make wins. And that's what we were able to do here. You know, with the work of like law, I mean, we're in LA. There's like fucking a huge history of organizing work here, like specifically with like immigrant populations and black and brown folks have been doing that work forever. But when we like are able to team up and build on that and focus on local shit, we were able to like actually make a big impact in ways that will actually change people's lives. I mean, we elected a DA here, George Gascon. And got out, I, I, who I think was the worst, I think the worst DA in the country, potentially, Jackie Lacey, like, if not up there. Like, because we elected George Gascon, and there was skepticism about Gascon on the left, which is reasonable, we had skepticism about him. We didn't actually officially endorse him or anything or work on his behalf. Um, but a lot of our allies did, and we decided not to, like, talk, we didn't speak out, we we interviewed him a couple of times. Anyway, the point is we managed to elect this DA and as a result, like they're not, there's no death penalty in LA County anymore. That's great. Like, that's done. And we used to kill more people than anywhere else. Like, yes. Well, we also, and, like, had exclusively black people. <laughs> and, how and is like, your... there's no, you know, there's no three strikes and you're out. There's no, like he's changed so many things already, like such a massive amount of harm reduction. Like literally people are out of jail now because of this election in November, like we, like people got out of jail. That's great. Um, and, and it's also like a blueprint for other places, right? Like, because we have a further left base, it's like, that's part of our job is to like, to try, try more further left things. Yeah. And like, see if we can do it. Absolutely. And and how big is, how big is the group? Do actually work. Brown game? Yeah. I mean, probably got like a few dozen um, active people now and, you know, maybe like a hundred or, or so more who, you know, come in and out when they have time. Sure. Um, but we've been doing this for years. You know, when we started, it was probably around like, you know, 10 of us, you know, keeping this going for a while. And at times, you like even less than that, um, we, you know, we still still like launched some campaigns and were able to like pull some impressive stuff together so it doesn't even necessarily take i mean a ton of people to do this work 
and like we could always you know use more capacity but if, if folks are like in like a really small town like well there's there's only me and you know my one other like lib friend at work or whatever <laughs> well, that's that's two people you got there like it only takes two people to hold a banner yeah <laughs> and like i also just wanted to like call in and say to folks like we like ground game also like part of our our orientation is that like we really also want to like help other people do this shit in other places wherever they are and like it's so important that we like this country is too fucking big like it's just too fucking big it's 330 million people or whatever and fucking massive and every place is so different and has such different needs and like such different situations and so often we like talk about it as though like there's some sort of like cohesive culture to this fucking country like there isn't like that's crazy like we have to we have to like talk about the differences in order to be but i mean it doesn't mean that we don't have shit in common obviously it doesn't mean we can't help each other with the ways that we we try and fight the system like we can and we need to have solidarity around it um but it's but i think an important piece that gets lost a lot is like recognizing how different it is being like oh that's like totally fucking different like you're in a rural place. You're in, you know, thousands of miles away from me. But here's what worked for me here, and here's what might work, and here's what what worked for you. And like we we do work with a coalition of organizations called People's Action. Um, that's like grassroots groups from different parts of the country, and that's like so helpful for us because we're able to talk to like hometown Alabama, which is like a like queer led org in Alabama and like we are able to talk to them about what they do and what their tactics are and that you never know what you're going to learn from people in a different place yeah. about what what you're not thinking about as far as like tactics or strategy or what's possible like you have to be really fucking creative to like organize around like reproductive justice and queer liberation in Alabama like you gotta really fucking be brave and bold yeah. and like we can learn a lot from that, you know? Absolutely. Well, thanks for filling us in. I, I appreciate it. And, and, uh, hope that people follow along to, to get that information that you're putting out there. It sounds like there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on and, and it is always good to hear, you know, inf news that is like joyous or that is good, or that is like, you know, things didn't go horrible this time. So, and, and uh, so we applaud what you're doing out there and ground game LA. Thanks guys. Yeah. And I'm serious about that. Like if anybody who's listening, like, you know, is interested in wants to talk about this stuff, like you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram or wherever. Um, it's all ground game LA everywhere. Um, and like, we're more than happy to, you know, to the best of our capacity, like, talk about how to do these things and like yeah, how we we're can on the help. Facebook page. Well, some of us are on the Facebook page too. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of us in the Facebook group, but awesome. yeah, hit us up and um, also check out the WGA, the writers guild of America had a big win yesterday against like fucked up corporate power in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of, I'm sure there's coverage of it. People can read about, but just on the entertainment industry tip, that was a very hopeful win against like consolidation of power awesome nice oh and if you're a vet join about faith oh yeah john's an organizer against the war with about faith okay and follow me on tiktok oh yeah and, and boost john's cloud on tiktok 
<laughs> what is your TikTok? TikTok. Where, where can people find you on TikTok? Uh, moderator. <laughs> moderator? Like John Mont. Yeah, moderator with spelled with T's. All right. <laughs> moderator with T's, two T's instead of a D. All right. All right. That yeah. Makes really good anti imperialist TikTok. Awesome. <laughs> and, and the Zoomers love it. Yeah, I'm king of the Zoomers. Wonderful. That's what we need. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Have a good night. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Peace. Bye. Good work being done out in People LA. People out of jail. Los That's something. Angeles. My piss poor attitude. If they're like these people were in jail, now they're not in jail. That's the that's the best you can do. That yeah that I mean that kind of shit makes me happy when yeah. I hear that shit. Like that's I don't know. You know this summer I I, I you know I keep thinking my mood. I I need to start keeping track of my mood because I think during the Black Lives Matter stuff my mood was much more leveled out like i wasn't as grumpy i'm like grumpy as shit now because i don't feel like nothing's going on yeah you know and that's probably because i'm just alone all the time yeah you don't have anybody to tell you to stop thinking like an idiot yeah 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 they don't let me waller somebody's got to tell me to stop wallering (laughs) yes wallering in my uh misery yep which is what i do all day that's basically what i've taken on as my job now yeah, you gotta find something else you to do. Man. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to do? When, like, could you pluck at a guitar or something all day? I don't like, have I, a guitar. I'm going back because I'm doing card tricks. I, like, I've been playing with cards for the last two months now, and I'm really dog shit at it. But it's something I can spend a decent amount of time on that is fun and is like only for me, you know. That's nice. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah card tricks would be, it is, learning something would be cool. I have a yo-yo. I'm just too lazy to play with. Practice your yo-yo. I should. That's perfect. I should yo a lot more. Yes, because you're, yeah, watch them. Yeah, you're not there yet. You're not. I mean, I'm taking these fucking walks, dude. Let me tell you about these. I complained about it earlier in the week. I'm taking these fucking walks and the, the, the weather, I mean, the sidewalks are just they're so fucked, dude. Yeah. They're like a thick layer of ice. I saw people walking down the high street in the far right lane like they were a bike or something. And I was like, this is not okay. I was doing that on 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 a on a fairly busy road, Fifth Avenue. Oof. I was out walking on the street and it was just like because it it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. I don't like danger. Yeah. Well, Unless I mean, it's a, not that kind of danger. Right. I've fought. I've almost. Here's the thing, though, for listeners to be proud of me. I've almost fallen every single time I've gone out for a walk and caught myself. I haven't fallen yet. It's good for your core. Come so close. It's good for your core and back muscles. Yeah, I'm. O- I'm always much more sore. Yes. When I walk out in this shit than I am during the summer when I can just handle. Yes. Well, well uh, I have. I have another guest here that's going to call in uh, a big timer. Jared Holt is on the line. Let, let me get him in here. Get Jared Holt on the line. Jared, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Hey, pretty Hey, pretty good. If it's any condolence, I also had a card trick phase during quarantine. <laughs> hey, I'm Can sticking I, to it. I got to tell you, I was very excited to find out you were calling. I heard some of your stuff on Howard Stern two weeks ago. Did, did you know really? that he played some of your stuff? No, I had no idea. He went to the right. He, w- he was big up in right wing watches Twitter and played some of the uh, uh, 
some of the preachers um dealing with dealing with uh Trump not being president anymore. He played your stuff. I can't believe nobody told you you were on Howard Stern. Yeah, you gotta get better friends, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean well I uh switched jobs. I don't I'm not at Right Wing Watch anymore. I'm working for this like sort of wonky researcher uh think tank thing. Oh, okay. Doing extremism and the internet. So okay. That's probably why. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I thought that's where you worked. I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's I, I know who that guy is. You know what I mean? As soon as he said it, I know, yes, you're thinking. I can't believe you listen to Howard Stern still, Brian, when you don't have to. Well, that's my sickness, okay? <laughs> and that's what I do. It's like listening to Saturday Night Live now. Is, is what yeah, it's maybe like. October's so far away, dude. I know. I don't have to listen to it for another few months, but I listen to every new episode. And I got to tell you, I can't wait to play clips next year because I have like a, a really good amount of stuff that is just embarrassing. Embarrassing. The Trump guy coming on and saying Bigly, like they do Bigly and Hamburger and Kofifi and stuff on there. It's incredible. That's it great. is. It is like uh, uh, some real shit. It is some real shit. So, so where yeah, are man, you at it's now? Kind of, it's kind of amazing that that. Oh no! Uh, it's this place called Digital Digital Forensic Research Lab. Yeah. So I I'm doing like less public stuff, but like I think tomorrow or Tuesday, publishing like a bunch of crazy stuff about like what was happening in the run up to the attack on the U.S. Capitol building. So it's like longer term stuff. It's pretty nice, but I still check in on the the right wing watch Twitter account from time to time. And that, that preacher clip was gold. And I remember when I was at right wing watch for like three fucking years that I worked there, man, it was like all of these people are talking about how Trump is like the Messiah sent by God to save America from the antichrist, which just turned out to be like Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Of, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the most boring dude possible <laughs> which is funny because like listen listen here jack you're going to hell <laughs> strikes fear in the heart of no one why i mean why, i wonder i wonder why i mean only because it's like why those preachers can't get behind a guy like joe biden who is like pretty conservative you know, but I guess it's just they're just drawn along I- ideological lines. They're just I'm a fucking Republican. Yeah. And I don't give a shit about anything. You know, like Joe Biden seems like he would be more up their alley pre Trump. You know, Joe Biden's basically George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that boils down to the fact that these preachers, in addition to like supporting Trump, also have all these like bad shit theories about like uh, abortion being a, you know, silent Holocaust happening and, and like crazy stuff like that. Right. So I think, you know, Joe Biden in a debate, in a debate gets asked by abortion and he's like, Oh, uh, you know, we need to, uh, the solution to this issue is somewhere in the middle. And they're like, mm, not good enough. I, I like the game show host, but says he's going to execute people. <laughs> well, yeah, there's not enough wrath of God coming from Joe Biden. But there wasn't much coming from... It was just... They liked Trump because he was crude, and they thought that meant he was he was good for them. 
You know, it was sort of like, oh, we don't like the way he acts or the way he talks, but we like that he does whatever they think he did. I don't even know what he did. Yeah, they they really thought that, you know, <laughs> there was some stuff I was even listening to back in the day where people like Tony Perkins, who's this big, like, right-wing pro-life uh, radio host slash nonprofit runner, being like, Listen, uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways sometimes, but, uh, you know, we're getting, we're packing the courts with these like weird right wing judges and, you know, we have control of, uh, you know, the Senate and, uh, the executive branch. So it can't be that bad. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's really been kind of like a disconnect as they try to wrap their heads around this sort of failed prophecy. So how yeah. does how does what you do work? Like I I know because I put myself through a lot of uh, uh, listening to stuff that probably you know uh, I shouldn't or that that is bad. But but it seems like you have a lot. I mean you have like a three hundred and sixty five day sort of having to listen to bad stuff or are, or are you more following the social media stuff now because like i don't i wouldn't even know where people keep telling me to do a conservative talk radio mini series but i truly don't know where to start with that shit there's so much of it yeah yeah there, there really is so much of it and that kind of thing just like does not exist in any tangible form for the political left not at all no no but uh yeah, yeah. Uh, the way I do it is I, you know, basically slide into the shoes of like the weirdest right wing person you could cook up in your head and consume content at a rate that would make even like Sebastian Gorka puke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, there is something to like, you just kind of put yourself in a place where you're like, None of this matters. Yeah. I when you're listening to stuff, you're just kind of like, uh, just let's just pretend that, that like, I'm just here listening to this thing without my regular values <laughs> involved. And it makes it easier to consume stuff that fucking sucks. Like, that's how when I have to listen to Tom Likas or when I had to listen to Don Imus, it was just like, let's try to, I mean, what you said is such a good point. Let's try to figure out why that they're like this, why people like this, why they listen to it. And also following the branches of, you know, if I believe this thing, who's linking, who's talking, you know, you can go, you can figure out the network of people and in your, Collecting a good good amount of intel. And I, I also, I am not like morally or ethically connected to anything. Like internally, I have zero moral compass. I, I, I can conceive of any idea. I can listen and hear most things and not flinch at it. Uh, so going through that stuff doesn't really have a psychic toll on me. No, uh, I think some people are just built for it while yeah. other people are not. Right. It's like, like somebody like Jared or like... If he can do this, then you don't have to feel like... Do people tell you to quit poisoning yourself all the time? Because that's what people do to me. I get a lot of, Brian, quit doing this to yourself. And I'm like, but it's not that bad. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other day I watched uh, the My Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. He put out this like three-hour documentary about 
you know, supposed like how elite computer hackers or whatever the like right the QAnon version of like anonymous is, uh, you know, hack the election and that really wasn't even work related. I just watched it because I thought it was going to be funny and <laughs> people were asking me like, "What's wrong with you?" That's- um, and Usually the answer is like quite a bit if you if you really want to get into it, but yeah, uh, you just have you a know. bizarre sensibility. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and after a while, you know, you kind of, or at least I've developed kind of like a clinical way of looking at it. The same way that like a surgeon can look at somebody who's run through the emergency room who's badly injured and not flinch and just do their job, yeah. kind of at least over the years, the kind of muscle I've, uh, you know, developed for myself. And I've always kind of been of the thought that, you know, for a lot of people, this does take like a pretty aggressive psychic toll on it, on them. And if, if I am able to do it without it, you know, wrecking my brain too much. Um, and I, and by doing it, I can put together information that is helpful or helps people stay safe in their communities or, or, you know, etc then i should yeah yeah and and so we were originally i wanted you to call in after the the uh riots on january 6th at the capitol building um i saw for the first time today i saw the little video package that trump played for the protesters have you seen that brian the one with the lincoln park song yes yeah i've seen that a few times i love it i have i I saw for the first time today today it's it's uh intense and, um, you know, I'm not one for, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one for, uh, prison and violent reactions and stuff, but like, I mean, I think that, I mean, this is definitely jailable offense. <laughs> if I was in the government and someone made a film like this and showed it to an angry mob, I'd be like, all right, you have to go to jail for that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean if I, if we did this, we would go to though. jail for it. Yeah, that video is old. That that's from earlier in the year. I'm I, sorry. Because you well, no, we're, I'm not. He played it there too. But yeah. I'm saying that, like, you know, cause yeah, it's gotten- no, it, it, it 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 definitely had like a very different context uh, at the the pitchfork and guns rally than it did like on an airport tarmac somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what it was for the first time, but you know, because it's got Lincoln Park in it, right? I got hit. Makes sense. 500 times with like, hey, you should see this. And and I got to tell you the truth. I watched it all 500 times. I loved it. It's so good. <laughs> it's like a movie trailer version of that song. It's like a dark movie trailer yeah. version, which is even funnier. It's like a Gears of War Xbox game version. Yeah. Someone yeah. sings it melancholy. Yes, absolutely. So, so I guess what I was leading into that is to say, like, I mean, where are we at now? Um, I remember Mar- I remember that some people moving the goalpost to March to being the new day of retribution. So I feel like we're still in like a, a holding pattern here. Um, but I have also seen a lot of people giving up on uh, QAnon at this point. Uh, where do you th- what's the temperature check? Where do you think we're at right now? Uh, as far as QAnon goes, there's uh, like a March 4th type of, uh, of buildup among the people who are still around in it, uh, which is really weird because that comes off this like kind of uh, obscure sovereign citizen uh, theory. It is. Which it's not even, it's not even like a mainstream sovereign citizen theory. It's like it's a little bit like maybe a couple levels into sovereign citizen stuff. 
uh, which with my sense of humor, I just think is like absolutely fucking hilarious from going to like Donald Trump is destroying the deep state. And we love the president to being like, I'm not driving. I'm traveling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I saw the show the officer, their ID, you know, but uh, it, as far as the temperature check goes, I, I mean, uh, as far as QAnon goes, it's the movement is like way more nuanced, nuanced than I think a lot of, you know, different like mainstream news reports uh, or like CNN or whatever kind of, you know, gives it credit for, uh, which is that there's like a religious subsection. There's like a alternative medicine subsection, a yeah. UFO subsection, 5G, the anti-vax. I, there's so many on-roads into this thing that it's hard to say that like QAnon exist as like one coherent thing it's like a bunch of different kind of like uh spin-offs yeah uh, all united under like the central premise that trump is taking out this deep state that's trying to destroy the world um but i think the movement has lost like a ton of velocity and a lot of people uh you know in the various like forum boards and group chats that I'm a member of because I do this work. Um, just a lot of people kind of falling off the face of the map, um, much less engagement with what's going on. Just, just use that, that being said, post though, down. it's like the, oh, oh, Go ahead. yeah, but like that being said, is like, uh, maybe we'll see less people being like Q post seven, three, two says this and Donald Trump's tie is at a 19 degree angle, which means, you know, I think we'll probably see less of that, but because there's so many additional like miniature or not miniature, but sort of like subdivisions of conspiracy theories that exist within QAnon, like the part that makes it dangerous is probably going to keep going forward. Um, yeah. But as far as like, Q itself, um, you know, I, I think that will be kind of less important. Yeah, I think, um, and, and also, you know, in a similar way, how a lot of people were like, all right, Bernie Sanders has a shot in this primary. Everybody get out there. He's our guy to get in, get in. Um, you now have on the right wing the architecture of people that think Donald Trump was their only option. You know, uh, maybe they'll have maybe they'll have their own Biden candidate in 2024. I doubt that happens. They seem to get rewarded with, you know, whatever they want. But uh, it is it kind of it's still the same people have the same feelings that things aren't the way they're supposed to be and that the government is communist and trying to poison us and that they see and it's and we can't do it through like equality or Black Lives Matter. Like that, that seems to be the unifying factor is like, I'm not going to accept, you know, inequality as an idea. Right. Yeah. And it, it's just like this big set of shared grievances. And like, there, there's also just so much of the Republican party that's completely just kind of given up on trying to fix anything because like the way you actually fix anything is what is like the same kind of solutions, like mutual aid networks and, uh, you know, divesting funds from police and that sort of thing. Like that, that's how you like enact the systemic change that needs to happen. Yep. But they already smeared those ideas. 
So now they're just doing like culture war shit. I think I've heard like cancel culture more in the last few weeks than I had like ever before. Same. Like Josh Hawley's on Fox News and crying a fucking river because, <laughs> you know, he's he's only going to get two million off his book deal instead of, you know, whatever it was before. That's so embarrassing to have politicians going out and saying cancel culture. Like that to me is like, that's as humiliating as it gets that we're dealing with like them calling an impeachment cancel culture. <laughs> it's fucking depressing. Yeah. Like, like, like prosecutors are going to bring this stuff to be like, like if you wanted to impeach Donald Trump, like January 6th aside, all you would have to do is like wheel out that tape of him calling up that election official in Georgia and just being like, Hey, bro, what's up, man? Uh, can I have an eighth in like 1800 votes? Do <laughs> you have that on you right now? And then like, I fucking uh, love that, that phone call. Though. To do it. I love that phone it's so call. Good. It's that is one of my favorite politics. I mean, the end of Trump, I, you know, the end of Trump had some of the craziest like politics stuff I've ever, I've ever seen. I, I just was so shocked at at like the things that were happening there during that last run when when he was making the phone calls the riot like they really fucking went out with the bang the giuliani stuff was great the giuliani stuff where he's farting and he's got the motherfucking <laughs> oil, oil dripping from his head four yeah. seasons yeah yeah lot, whatever that shit was yeah trump's like i'm not i and, and you know that's something i've been i've been i haven't been able to say on the show yet is that like trump is right not to pay him he really fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> I wouldn't pay his ass well, either. We, we also can't. For, we also can't forget uh, Sidney Powell, who was they were like esteemed Trump campaign attorney Sidney Powell, and then Sidney Powell gets on the podium and is like, "Hugo Chavez rose from the grave to change American votes in the 2020 election," and then they were like, "Uh, yeah, no, we don't know Sidney that." You know, I'd say we're acquaintances <laughs> rather than you know, try to pull one of those things. But do you do you hear that that one, the one guy that has been brought to my attention that I think is the wildest is that L. Lynn Wood. He was the one that people oh, yeah, were that, really putting everything into. Well, she's Marjorie yeah, Taylor Greene still is, right? L. Lynn Wood. Yeah, she brings him up. Isn't that her attorney? I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. He's a, an attorney. I don't know if he's her attorney, but he is something, man. That guy is crazy. Yeah, dude. And it's crazy because, like, the reason anybody even, like, really knows his name to begin with is because he, like, litigated on behalf of Richard Jewell and actually did, like, a very good thing there. And then, like, he comes back on the scene and people are like, oh, is that Richard Jewell lawyer? And he's just like... We must declare martial law in the United <laughs> States. And then, you know, people are like, okay, that's pretty fucking weird. And then, like, it gets reported out that Trump is like, yeah, 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 get those guys in here. I, I need to talk to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this martial yeah. law stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just imagining, like, the pillow guy, these crackpot attorneys, like, just parading through. Uh, like the outer oval into the oval office with like a binder full of 
QAnon drops and being and Trump just being like, "Wow, this is this is really incredible." Uh, Chris <laughs> James, Chris James, Chris James said that he was able to get past. He was able to get past Rudy Giuliani's uh, screeners multiple times. Like he would get on the cell phone with him and say, "I have information about stolen <laughs> votes," and Rudy Rudy Giuliani would answer his fucking cell phone and be like, "Hey, what's the information you got on those stolen votes?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he still calls him. <laughs> oh my god, man! It, that's almost as bad as the like before someone knows they're gonna get suspended on Twitter or something. They're just like, or, or if like somebody gets banned or somebody gets arrested or or dies, suddenly people will like Photoshop the tweets yeah. to make their last one. Like, I have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but <laughs> the same thing, except this guy's fallen for it. Yeah. He was up there defending the president, saving our elections. I mean, he he's humility. That guy. I, I mean, in, in a way, Rudy kind of did save the election, maybe. <laughs> he did. And he, he kind of, it's funny because like anybody that was around for the post 9-11 shit, man, Rudy was like the respected hot, guy. Hot. At, like he didn't have to do. If he didn't, he didn't have face. to ever do anything again no. for the rest of his fucking life. And he would have been considered a fucking Abraham Lincoln type legend. Yes. And instead he went out there and farted and had oil drip from his head, you know, which is crazy to me. Crazy. Like, how do you fucking miss a layup like that? I, yeah, be I, mean, a I would fucking rest legend. on your laurels. Like, <laughs> when your laurels get too high, you got to just rest on them. I mean, they really did talk about him like he was fucking Abe Lincoln. Oh, I know. Like he had, he was, yeah, he was the biggest baby face. Yeah, and now he's just everybody just is like, what a, what a loser Rudy Giuliani is. Howard Stern plays him farting every single day at least once. He's like, and you know, Howard Stern loved Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, loved him. Now yeah. he's like, here, listen to Rudy farting again. <laughs> <laughs> While he sexually assaults uh, Borat's daughter, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, man, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I, I just and, and like that Ellen Wood guy, like he's the one who got them all worked up about uh, the emergency broadcast yeah. system. That's what he he was the guy. That like uh, that's that's a little bit of QAnon stuff that I saw. They are obsessed with the emergency broadcast system, right? Right. Yeah, they love that thing. Yeah, they think that like they, like there are like test pattern or, or like emergency broadcast testing going on. Um, really, like pretty much everything, even like semi public safety related that was going on ahead of the inauguration, whether it was like troops going in or like places in the area testing their broadcast systems and like, you know, increased aerial surveillance. They're all like, Oh yeah, man, this is it. This is this. Uh, like one of the things I remember very starkly was QAnon people being like, Oh yeah. You see that, that fence that they're building around the Capitol. That's to keep people in, man. And it's like, do you guys not remember what happened a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> it's crazy because they really do think like, I mean, they they just can't imagine a world where America's not on their side. They don't understand 
that like the government is going to protect the government. That's they aren't fucking there for <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, they they're not going to be convinced to overthrow themselves. <laughs> yeah. the, the troops. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that's been happening more broadly with extremism too, right? It's like you know these different like far right and like radical extremist groups have like been out there and like hurting people and killing people like for years. Right. And, you know, occasionally, you know, some neo-Nazi gang or something will get in the news because someone got arrested, but like, it's not really been like a huge, huge priority of federal law enforcement by any stretch of the imagination, but then they like attacked a government building. And now like what, what actually like does exist as far as like a quote unquote deep state uh, is concerned is like now all focused on them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're just now they're, they've learned a lesson. Now they've learned the same lesson we've had. We have to learn every single time. Like, it's not that we're learning it. It's just like, they're learning that the government just protects its own. It doesn't like, it's not going to be like all of a sudden the president is going to like do a salute on TV and uh, everybody's going to be like, okay, back to 1776 abortions illegal now. I mean, it happens through a lot of slow fucking, it happens through a lot of a slow process of getting judges and, and chairs. And that's how it, how we get fucked that's how they've taken power right but they think it's like a magical thing right yeah it's it's i I mean there's like a whole agency in the federal government called cog continuance of government the whole job of that agency is just to make sure that like even if a nuclear bomb hits like washington dc that the united states government stays intact like it damn it, it has one job right like the government is not going to go away. And the way uh, that you fully change it, uh, it's, you know, kind of, uh, this kind of speaks to the caller that was before me is like getting involved locally and just, you know, you have to like grassroots that shit. That's the best way to do it because that provides like redundancies, right? You know, if you, you know, get city councils all across your state with like leftists on the board, and then you run a leftist for like state office, even if that person loses, uh, you still have all these city councils, right? So it's like you have to build the redundancies and just like be aware that any sort of change in the government or adjustments in the government like just takes forever because it's yeah. built to take forever. Well, uh, thanks for calling in, Jared. We appreciate it. We got some other people on the line, uh, but always happy to have you call uh, anytime you want. Let us know what's up. I, I'd love to hear your expertise. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I won't take up too much time. I'll let some of the other callers jump in here, but thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks we, for calling. Yeah, where where can we send, where can people follow along with what you do? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jared L. Holtz, and uh, my dog has an Instagram now. It's Ooh. at Pierre Turbo. Um, <laughs> go check that out. Wow. It's like a 10-pound Pomeranian. You won't regret it. Yeah, I love that. Hell yeah. That is a, that is a, one of the best uh, links we've ever got dropped on the show. Hell yeah. Thanks for calling, Jared. It's good to hear from you. Can't wait to show my kid this. Yeah, take care. Peace. Take care, guys. 
it makes me the this kind of stuff makes me think about like what about if, uh, like a jade helm was to go off right now would would like militias form up and try to roll on that you know no like are those no no they're not gonna do anything dude yeah they it's just back to being we're just back to them just yelling about stuff on the internet yeah for four years or three years and then they're gonna get a presidential nominee and then they're going to get loud again and we're going to have to deal with them again you know that's it's it's just that seems like what we have to deal with now yeah thanks for calling street fight who we're talking to tonight oh hello it's uh danny uh in brooklyn and uh i'm feeling a little bit under the weather so i'm just laying on my bed right now I am so, with you. I'm feeling a little under the weather myself. Hey, I hate you, it. I like it. I'm I'm jealous. You sound comfy cozy. I'm yeah. I, I'm I you know, I don't think it's the thing I don't think it's the one, you know. It's not the big thing. Yeah, uh, the one because I can breathe very, very well. So uh but it's been snowing here anyway, so it's just been a fuck you know, it's just been in an, an indoor day, you know. You watching not TV? Are you watching movies or TV? I, I just watched um, the 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 Super Bowl. I guess the Buccaneers won, so Tom Dude. Brady won. You know, yeah. Nice weather, people you know, can I, suck it. Kansas City forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened. I God, I can't. I, I mean, I think I know where Tampa Bay is. Is that on like you know? That's like Northern Florida on the Atlantic side. Is that where it is? No, Tampa Bay. It, it, I don't think it's like the Panhandle or anything. I think it's like it's the scuzzbag part of Florida. It, it was the part I was excited to be going to, but uh, yeah. you know, it it it, it, it it's on the inside. It's got Tom Brady, so it's not like I'm not like happy they won. No, it's a really odd team, apparently, because they have uh, him. And uh, my friend Carrie was telling me uh, she was just like, her mom does sports um, like New Lance Armstrong and stuff like that back in the day. And uh, was like, like been a big Austin person for a long time. And was just sort of like, you know, he's probably, he's probably doing something to himself. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, well, it's just, he, he, looked, he looked a little like pepped up. Like he's got something in him right now that's keeping him going because it's, it's not to malign his athleticism, but like, uh, throwing the ball like that for 20 years or however long he's been going is, is not easy. (laughs) And, uh, he's just got, he's got the look apparently according to her. And, uh, and granted he's also just been incredibly lucky where, you know, I mean, like obviously quarterbacks take hits and stuff, but it's just like, you know, it, it, it's nothing like, you know, being, um, I think a wide receiver is a thing where you can just get absolutely like yeah. plowed, you know, you, you just get creamed, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, he, if that's your whole job is keeping yourself in shape, it can be a little bit easier. Plus he probably goes to Germany and has them like replace his blood or yeah. whatever and all that shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> HGH, HGH. Yeah. yeah. There's an off season for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, these am, guys up. I did have to think I started thinking about it and I think I'm a Florida guy. I think it's way more affordable and I think it makes more sense. There's racing and pro wrestling. So I think that is where I'm going to end up. That's going to be my retirement is Florida. Yeah. I mean, I would, if I 
didn't see my retirement as California. <laughs> I got to move in while people are moving out. They like as people run away mm-hmm. from California, I want to run toward every day this week. I've looked at my wife and said, California, you know where this doesn't happen? <laughs> California <laughs> is what I keep you saying. Know, Brian, you know, you will have much less car trouble. In California, actually, um, I was meaning to say that uh, I learned I learned about this because I watch a lot of YouTube. But apparently, one of the big things that fucks up cars the most uh, is not necessarily the amount of mileage they have on them, but rather the differential in temperatures. So, like the biggest stress that happens on an engine is when it kind of starts up and it goes from cold to hot. And even though the tolerances are like 0.0001 millimeters, if you live in a climate where it is cold for a long time, then your engine has to get hot or vice versa or what have you, uh, it lasts a lot um, less. And California, uh, it doesn't have that. It's much more consistent. And uh, it's why, like, you get people who have, like, Toyota Tundras who have, like, literally a million miles on them. So your car will not break down there as much. Yeah, they have 280Zs out there. You have, like, good cars that don't rust apart. Yeah, yeah, I think the salt's also bad. The salt fucks them up. Yeah, I think the salt fucks up the cars, too, and all that stuff, you know. And my bones are brittle from the winter. I don't know if that's true, if, like, the cold makes you more sore. But I, I just stick with, yeah, the cold makes me more sore, actually. Well, no, the moisture does. Barometer does. That's why you have old guys that are like, "Oh, the storm are coming. I can feel it in my knee." Hey, you know, I like have this, the barometer. I have my wrist. So go on. My wrist is that way. Like I can feel the weather change in my wrist, and uh, uh, because I have a bad arthritic wrist from breaking it when I was thirty-eight, or however old I was. I don't even remember how old I was at this point. But I broke my wrist, and uh, it hurts during the winter and when it's about to rain and shit like that, I'll get a little bit of pain. Be like, Oh, look at that. You know, sore. Yeah. I had, I had a, a question actually for you guys. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about your take on this. Um, kind of speaking of moving, uh, I had a roommate who recently moved out. Um, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago and, um, I finally kind of got into her room to look at it. And, uh, it started making me think about like, you know, what a security deposit is in terms of like, like, you know, like how do you approach that? Like being a person who like generally speaking hates landlords, because after I like kind of got into her room and sort of started cleaning it up and looking at it, I found that like, dude, it was weird. She put a, like a handprint, but with like paint like a, a purposeful paint handprint on the windowsill, which was like really strange, like in purple or something like that. And <laughs> I was just like, this is, I cannot imagine like, what is the, what is the mental? And I even asked her, I was like, Did, were you on like acid or something? Like what was going on? And she's just like, Oh, I just thought it was cool. And I was like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, like I'm in the process now of like finding another roommate and um, I, I really, I, you know, like I'm in New York and I am in charge of my lease and I, I don't really want to ask people to like be on the lease as well, just go month to month because it kind of works better for everyone. But I also just want to 
I kind of just want to be like, look, you know, I'm not going to ask for a security deposit, but I am going to ask you for just $200 because my, my last roommate fucked up the room and like, you don't have to worry about me stealing this money because I'm, I am, I'm going to take it. Like it's going to take $200 of my time, regardless of what happened <laughs> to fix this afterwards. And I'd rather just do that than be like, give me up a whole month's rent. Maybe you'll get it back. It's like, no, I just want to be straightforward about this. Like shit fucked up, you know, if you live in a space and I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on, on, on it. Mine was 500. My, uh, my security deposit wasn't a whole month's rent. It was $500. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'll get it back. I, I, I honestly oh, don't. Mine was How much was yours in New York? Uh, $1,600. That's Ooh. more than I pay a month in rent. Oh my God. For, for my huge yeah. apartment. Um, you know, uh, it's, it may be unpopular, uh, but when it comes to money, uh, in the nature of it is that it, it can fuck over your life considerably. And, uh, there's no reason to get your financial life fucked over considerably just to be nice to somebody else. Um, I, I think uh-huh. that it makes sense that if, you know, if you want somebody that is willing to, to meet your requirements, then they can move in. But I, I would, I don't, you're not, you're not spending a million dollars on a house or like using your dad's apartment as a way to generate income for your BMW. Like, I don't think you're fucked up like that. Uh, but yeah, sharing a space, if someone's looking for this situation, you know, it's just the way that's how the world works. This is the black market. This is subleasing. This is not signing a paper. This is how it gets done. You know? Yeah. I, I think, I, I think there is a, um, you know, it's, it, it's pretty healthy to be skeptical, you know, and, you know, a little paranoid about stuff and just like, you know, I think, I, I mean, it, cause like, you know, there are those like crazy horror stories and, what have you. And I think in the same hand, I think it's not unreasonable to also just be like, look, most people just kind of want a place to live. So, and most people, I mean, not, well, I don't want to say most people, but you know, it's possible to wrangle up, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you know, in case something happens. Um, you know, of course there's always the New York has interesting state laws because, um, I think it's like 30 days. If somebody stays in your apartment 30 days, like, you know, then like the squatting rule, like comes into play, which is always kind of interesting. If people are, um, not technically on a lease, but I don't know if I'm just being overly optimistic or naive, but like my whole thing is just sort of like, I don't know, man, if every, if everybody was squatting, I feel like, or, or maliciously. So like, obviously if there's an abandoned building and like, you know, like a landlord is just like, being like, no, I'm just going to speculate on this and not rent it out to anyone. Like, please illegally stay in that building. But if people were just like constantly fucking each other over, I don't know. It feels like society would be very difficult. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's okay to just kind of, like you were saying, just sort of like very, you know, cautiously, but optimistically kind of like scroll through the black market, you know? Well, and also, I mean, like, that's the thing too, is like, people complain to me about the price of our merch and it's like, that's how much it costs to do it. Like I, I don't like this. If it's not, if you, if you can't afford it, it's not for you. And I don't, 
It doesn't say anything about you. It does, I have no op- opinions. I have books that I'm keeping, and I have to make sure the artist gets paid. I have to make sure that the uh, the charity gets paid, and they have to make sure we get paid. And I have to do it with union labor, and it has to look good all the way through. And it's the same thing with like I, you know, I have to make sure I'm I'm contractually obligated to make sure this place stays in livable conditions. And so this is what it's going to take to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I haven't, I've only, I've lived with, I've only had like a couple roommates, but it was people I knew. I've never lived with just like, I've never lived with anybody I didn't know. So I, I don't have any sort of, um, insight on that, but I have to say that I would definitely be way more guarded than I am about, you know, having my buddy live with us. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I mean, it's a weird market out there right now. I, I think I've probably interviewed close to like a dozen ish people. And it's, like I said, it's really strange. Like some people will send you an email, like if you're going through Craigslist or whatever, and they'll be like, Hey, I'd like to see the room. And you reply back to them. And you just hear nothing. And, and that's sort of expected because, you know, if you're looking for a room, you're going to send out like a dozen or two dozen emails. But then there's also the people who will like, they will come into your apartment look at it and uh, appear to be like fairly excited about the whole endeavor. And they'll get into like details like, all right, I might possibly have a girlfriend move in as well. Is that okay? I have a dog or I have this and that. And I've just been like, Hey, I'm willing to go with the, you know, flow of stuff as long as, you know, we can come to a deal on it. And then you just never hear from them again. (laughs) It's it's really, it's really strange. That is interesting. I can't speak. Place. Yeah, it, I mean the rent the rental market here. It's a, I guess it's what people would refer to as a buyer's market, uh, and uh, I've just heard some of the weirdest. I, I I don't know. I just I feel like it's I don't I, I'm I don't know. I would say that like you know I like to reply to people to stuff and be like you know prompt but cordial you know and just sort of move on. But it's a lot of just like. You know, go, go, go. A lot of like, uh, you'll never hear from this person again. Yeah. And also a lot of virtual tours. I've done a lot of Zoom tours and, and FaceTime of my apartment, which has also been odd, too. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I think it's also it's a matter of courtesy where, like, if you follow along and pretend like you're interested, there isn't a moment where you have to say, like, this ain't going to work for me and just walk out the door. You feel like you're a you offend the person that you're looking at their place, you know, a little bit. <laughs> like because you don't want yeah. the place. Yeah, like like, you like have to get through the rest of the thing. <laughs> instead, you're like, well, you know, let me bring out my file folder. I'm going to get a piece of paper and write down all of the amenities you offer because I don't want to insult you and and that and letting you know I immediately thought this wasn't going to work. Yeah, I'm. I I, I think you know. I, I never gave an answer on the spot except for the place I have now only because the rent was so cheap and it was like <laughs> somebody's going to take this place. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So, I, I, I do understand that it would be, it would be one of those situations where I guess I would, I would probably be a little, I would be hard pressed to find a situation where I'm like, well, I'm sold. When can I move in? You know, that, that might, I, I can see that not happening. Uh, for sure, um, it's a, it's it's uh, it depends on like who's looking at stuff and like w- what the apartment is. And, and mine is goofy too because it's like a railroad apartment with like a kink in it, so it looks like a squiggly Tetris piece. 
but there's like no living room. So, but I'm like the only other person here. So I'm like one of those people where it's like, you are going to want to live in my apartment, but you have to like be, I'm not a completely specific person, but like you have to be like, yes, this is exactly what I want. You know, it's not just a cheap option. You have to sign up, sign up for this ride. I, you know, I, it, that, this exact thing is why I've, I've started practicing radical honesty on my uh, Facebook marketplace stuff where like, you know, people are like, are you still interested? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to let them down. I'm like, I, I, I wish I had the money. And I'll just say, I don't have the money right now, but I might on Saturday. So I'll get back to you on Saturday and let you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead of being like, I'm really interested. I think I'm going to come by Saturday. It's like, if I don't have $70 I want to waste on Saturday, I'm not coming. Is their answer. <laughs> or like, you know, I had a oh. bad day and I didn't want to fucking drive all the way out to Circleville. So I didn't come get the chairs. Like, deal with it. That's what it is. I'll come another day. <laughs> I lo- I think that is, I mean, like, it, it, uh, to me, it is the most refreshing policy that I can think of. Like, I, and I don't know, maybe I'm screwing myself over. But whenever I show my apartment, I tell people all the good stuff and I tell them all the bad stuff. I'm like, look, if you live here... I'm the only other person who's going to be here. So there's not going to be four other, <clears throat> four other roommates. Right. I'm going to be straight up with you. There's a beagle who lives next door, uh, uh, you know, owned by like two very elderly Puerto Rican ladies. And the, it barks quite a bit. That happens. You know, yeah. it's a goofy, literal hundred year old apartment. So it's going to have all the eccentricities of a goofy hundred year old apartment. Well, yeah. Like, I'm not going to fuck you over. It's like, this is how much it costs. And if you want to, and like, please, like, that's just what it is. I just want to be on the table. Yeah. DC was the same for me where you had someone on the left, right, top and bottom of you. And it's just like, there's a baby, there's an animal, there's somebody that works out at 4am that's above us. Like there's certain things that you can are comfortable with or like deal breakers. Um, but yeah, they are, they, they're very specific and they repeat themselves over and over again when it comes to that kind of living. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I and I yeah, like you said, it's just being honest, man. With that stuff, I, I know you know it turns a couple people off when it comes to like looking at the apartment, like you know. But I mean, it just helps stuff so much in the long run. Like you just don't want a person, especially who you're living with, where you're like, wait a minute, did you say that like there's a a person upstairs with a child that kind of jumps around at the beginning, and they're like, I didn't sign up for that. It's like ah, I'm sorry, right? <laughs> you know. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling in, and we appreciate it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, my my one plug is: if you want a roommate in New York City in <laughs> Bushwick, please reach out to Danny Feltz at Danny Feltz on Instagram. <laughs> Danny Feltz on Instagram has the room for you. It's perfect. It's shaped like a Tetris please piece. Come through. Yeah. Thanks, bunch. Thank you. Peace. Yeah, that's rough. I don't. You know. It's like, yeah, does my, does my charitable attitude go all the way to letting somebody live with me? Like how, how open would I be about that? Or how many restrictions would I put on that? You know, I would be the worst. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've lived with people. It sucks. Man. It's hard to make. Yeah. It's hard to do. Just, I mean, that I live with one of my best friends and we didn't talk for six or seven years afterwards. Yeah. But now sucks. we're back to being best friends, but it was a slog there for a while. Yeah. I had, you know, I had moments. I, I had a pretty rough one too. And it's just like, what? I mean, that I told my daughter, I told Gwen earlier today, I was like, 
you know, you probably want to wait until you can afford to not have a roommate before you move out. Because when you move, because she was talking about, you know, I'm moving with one of my friends. And I'm like, I think I'll be your friend anymore. And yeah. people tell you that before you do it. And you're like, no, you don't believe no, it. I don't believe you. I'll be your, we'll always be friends. And it's like, no, you won't. Because when you got to look at their trash and when yep. they eat your food. And like that's you just you start to resent them no matter what. Once it they meet the, the most obnoxious guy at the bar and he's hanging out all the time now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My sister had a few where people ran out on her and she like she was left alone. She you know, she didn't have a key, she wasn't on the lease. There was some it's a very it's a very uh sticky situation when you get into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's you can live with me and forever. Yeah. You know, that's what I always tell Gwen. I was like, you can live with me forever. I don't care. I mean, people will call you a loser, but I won't. I'll, I'll still think you're cool. Yeah, that counts. Well, uh, that's why she, you know, that's why she thinks she's just, you're just going to buy her a Subaru, you know? I'm not going to buy her a Subaru, though. That's definitely not going to happen. You're welcome to stay here and live here with the Kia Soul. We're going to live the here worst for as long as you ever want. I don't care. TikToks, I'll never kick you out. TikTok's worst vehicle of 2021, the Kia Soul. Yes, yes. Apparently, TikTok's worst. Yes, that's exactly it. T- they won the TikTok award for shit car. All right. You ready for a break? Uh, What's our numbers here? With the, Let's take one more. Okay. Then we'll go to break. Thanks for going Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? A skeleton. A skeleton. Oh, did I click that or not? Phoebe Bridgers. What? She was wearing a skeleton clothes on Saturday Night Live uh, last night. Then she- hey, she what's up? Who's this? She a guitar break. Did she ever break it? Hey, sorry, guys. Hey, right. what's up? Hey, this is uh, David from Tucson. I called in before. How's it going, guys? Great. How are you, David from Tucson? Tuscan? Uh, not too bad. I'm just, you know, I'm enjoying my favorite content on YouTube.com. Ooh. I don't know if you guys have heard of the website, but they've got, <laughs> they've got some really good stuff on there. We're going to live yeah. stream on YouTube, actually. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, I've sent a lot of money from Give, Send, Go. I've, I've really pumped all my... I've, people invested in Dogecoin. I've been putting it all in Give, Send, Go. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> We're believers. Yeah, they gotta they gotta stop those liberals at YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I wanted to mention real fast. Uh, thanks, Brian, for turning me on to Warrior. I started watching that. That show's awesome. It's, it's the best. I turned everybody. I tried it's to turn show. everybody on to. I even this is one of the rare ones I got Brett to watch, and he liked it. I co-signed for you. Yeah, I just finished the first season. Some people that we both know. I was like, Brian likes some really dog ass terrible shows. Warrior is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. I promise. <laughs> yeah. When you finish this, uh, uh, I can't recommend it enough. Banshee is written by the same ass people. Banshee. And it rocks. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look for that one. I'll look for Banshee. Too. I was going to say, if you're still looking for shows, um, I heard I heard about you and your drought. Uh, there's, a, there's a Spanish, I mean, like a, a TV show from Spain that's really good. Uh, it has a really da- uh, lame name. It's called Money Heist. But it's actually really, really good. And there's like five seasons of that on Netflix. That sounds like a perfect name. Yeah, I might check that <laughs> out. I'm watching Lupin right now. L-U-P-I-N. Oh, I, I, like, I like Lupin. If you like Lupin, you'll probably like Money Heist. In, in Spanish, it's called La Casa de Papel, which is like the paper house, which is a way better name. I don't know why they want Money Heist for the English version. But uh, if you like Lupin, you'll probably like Money Heist. 
You know, the worst thing is, uh, the hardest thing to do is get uh, uh, the native language with English subtitles on Netflix. It's yeah. like eight different steps to get that to happen. And you're yeah. just like, could you just like on HBO Max, when I watch Gamora, I, which I watched so fast, it was stupid. In three seasons, I think it was uh, 36 episodes. And I think I watched it in a week and a half. And uh, it just is like, <laughs> if you want it in Italian with uh, uh, U.S. subtitles, then hit, click Italian. If not, click English. Yeah. Fucking easy as hell. Right. With Netflix, you got to go up. First, you got to change the language. Then you got to go over and right. change the uh, subtitle. And then I think you even got to change the subtitle language. It's That's three steps <laughs> to get something in its native language it's because they think that nobody wants to read subtitles like, in America. The way that you're explaining it right now sounds like something shoving bamboo shoots under my fingernails. It is. It's like hacking. <laughs> you got me hacking now, well, your stupid app. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. I feel like I'm hackers. My Netflix doesn't even open right now. Okay. I yeah. should show it to you. It's so fucking stupid. It doesn't work anymore. That sucks. Yeah. Well, I, ready, uh, I'm, I'm saving me some money. Oh yeah, seriously. But my my wife and I watched it with the dub, which I know you don't like, but like it's so funny because we watched all five seasons with the dub, and then we started recognizing that like the main voice actor and other stuff like video games and things. It was really funny. It was just like, is that him? Oh, we we got to look it up and find out. It was it, he's a really prolific voice actor, I guess. But it was funny to see him in other things. Modern day Casey Kasem. <laughs> what a weird job that yeah. is. Well, I started thinking about that because yeah. I saw an article today about um i saw an article today about the guy that did the voice for pietro maximoff on the last episode of wandavision uh her brother showed up and the guy that did the spanish language voice of that character went online and posted that he was doing the voice of that character which then spoiled it because it was a surprise reveal <laughs> that that character, they fucking fired the dude. And then the other weirdest, oh, yeah. the weirdest part about it was they just replaced him with some guy that just some Spanish guy that just does like another voice in the same, I think in the same TV show. They were just like, fuck it. Just, <laughs> this is his voice, I guess. He's, he's a different guy now, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah, you don't you don't fuck with you don't fuck with Marvel and Disney. They'll they'll fire you if you if you if you step out of line. I mean, you know, I, I the funny thing is is like they probably thought that was a very impactful moment, but oh yeah, me, my wife, and my daughter have seen every single Marvel movie, and he showed right. up at the end of this episode, and all three of us were like, <laughs> "Who's that?" Like what? What even is this? And it was supposed to be this like big fucking reveal that I was supposed to recognize them. And I'm like, there's 28 of these fucking movies. I can't remember yeah. every character that's in every fucking movie, you know? And uh, because yeah, I, the season's filmed like a sitcom, they use the 
laugh track in the audience during reveal. So it'll be like, oh, like that. And you're like, oh, that's important. Right. It's even worse than the movies. Because when you go see the movies in the theater and you're not a comic book reader, you go see these movies and people in the audience are fucking reacting to just seemingly random things. Yeah. And you're like, what is, yeah. is that a person? I don't fucking know what's happening. Right. You know, somebody will be like, my name is yeah. Jeff. Treeborn, and then the crowd will be like, <gasps> and you're like, "What? Who's Jeff Treeborn? I never heard of Jeff Treeborn." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney, like they, those movies, they assume way too much when it comes to like remembering what happened and who's who. Like, it, it's just wild to like, like just like these characters. Like, they didn't matter even when they were there, and now they, I've already forgotten them, but they still think that like you have to remember every single character. It's right. wild. Right. Like, I'm supposed to remember a guy from Age of Ultron. Like, that just seems like a crazy <laughs> yeah. thing to expect me to remember. Something from, I think, 2014 or something. Like, how am I supposed to remember something from that long ago? Right. It's crazy. Those movies. Oh, here's the thing. On a TV show, you can have characters just pop in and it can be shocking because you build your own world. And you may have just seen that character three or four episodes back or something like that. When you do it with a movie right. and you only make three movies a year, there is not a fucking possibility that somebody like me who will never watch one of those movies twice <laughs> would ever remember anybody from the movie. It's just so weird, man. So, so what happens is like Google... New, I read my news on Google Cards a lot of times, and it thinks I'm the right. world's biggest comic book fan. And I just get all the news <laughs> and insights and spoilers because I have to Google comic book shit all the fucking time. Right. Because I see these movies and I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, oh, who's this? Who's Bane? You know what I mean? How, how am I supposed to know Bane? <laughs> Nobody ever told me about Bane. You know, so <laughs> I took you wildly yeah, off track. That's fine. So what's up? I don't, I'm just calling because uh, um, uh, I'm a teacher. Uh, I, I teach high school. I've talked about it before, but um, it was funny because I was listening to your guys' show on Wednesday and like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like a pretty patient guy most of the time. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like chill, but um. I, when you, when I, I hadn't heard of this until I heard you guys talking about, about what Andrew Cuomo said about like uh, uh, one of the uh, frontline workers and how it's like we have to be realistic. It like made my blood boil instantly. Yeah, yeah, cheapness. I, I, you know, I, I saw that post make another resurgence earlier in the week, and I just couldn't believe that he acted like that's a cheap rhetorical thing to be like. Shouldn't we be yeah. giving restaurant workers the uh, the vaccine? They're like forced to be out there. Yeah, and he's just like that's cheap. Come on, hey, you're hitting below the belt there with that one. Yeah, what am I supposed to do? Prioritize people that make two dollars an hour? What am I supposed to do? You're busting my balls over and the here. Thing, the funny thing is, like, uh, and the funny thing is, I teach. I'm a teacher. I teach from home, and like, I'm like, I'm. I haven't. I have to schedule it. But well, that's another story. But like, oh, sorry, as I ambulance going by. I um, I I can get the vaccine now. But it's like I teach from home, and I don't think we're going back this year. Like, I'd rather give my spot to someone that has to go out every single fucking day into this. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. home all day. I don't go anywhere. 
I mean, that's and I, it's just wild that. I think the yeah, same no, thing. No. I would rather even like if if my time came to get it and I found out that somebody that works at a grocery store wasn't getting it because I got it. I think I would probably yeah. give them my spot in line. I just think people that work in grocery stores and people that work at restaurants, I mean, restaurants really, oh, really. absolutely. I mean, grocery stores, you people can mask up yeah. still. Everybody can still wear a mask. At a restaurant, you sit down at that yeah. fucking table and everybody takes their mask off. It's just, it's terrifying to think about, man. I, I mean, I know people that have, I already, I, you know, the reason I was, uh, quarantined for two weeks the reason i wasn't recording in studios because my niece went to restaurants and uh ended right. up getting covid so i can't imagine you're you're a worker there and uh uh yeah. sure maybe you maybe your mask can maybe prevent it but it's not like they're supplying them with like with like a, a good mask yeah well and those n95s are hard on the breath like on the lungs yeah. Like to wear one for eight hours would be very tough. I, I mean, I've, I've wore them for a considerable, considerable amount of time now. And, uh, it, it's sometimes I get panicked and have to like run away and just rip it off my face. Yeah. I see a lot of people in restaurants. I mean, I, I stopped at the, uh, uh, gas station on the way here and there was a, the guy that worked there was just standing in the lot in the, uh, gas station without a mask on. And I was just like, I mean, I understand if you got to stand somewhere for eight hours with that thing on, I think that sounds horrible. You know, <laughs> like, I, I saw it's funny because I saw someone at Walgreens last night. I went to Walgreens last night and like there was a dude not wearing a mask at all. And then there was a guy was just behind us in line and he had his wife was wearing a mask, but his, her, his wife's mask had a, an American flag on it and it said forced to comply, which I thought was really funny. Yes. Where where are you at? I've seen some of those. I'm uh, Tucson, Arizona. Oh so yeah, it's, Arizona. It's like really okay. Bad in Arizona right now. Yeah, I yeah, imagine like really people people aren't wearing the mask too much in Tucson, Arizona. That sounds like a place yeah. where <laughs> no. they're not really complying. No, Tucson's actually like the probably the better place in Arizona. Like this is like Tucson's the more liberal city in Arizona, but there's still, we still, we had like, we had, we did have like a Trump parade come through. And so like, there's a lot of those people here too. Yeah. Ah, okay. Same. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of got yeah. the same thing, but Arizona is my, my sister works there as a nurse and she, it was absolutely ridiculous at some points where the admissions were just overwhelming. Yeah. And I just think yeah, it's, it's, it's bad right now. I think it's disgusting that like, the the governors aren't even bringing up restaurant workers. They're just sort of like, you know, because they're the ones that need the most no. help in this whole thing. I mean, nurses and doctors, and I understand like that you got, but they're giving cops the goddamn vaccine before they give it to restaurant workers, which I just think is crazy. And, and Wall and, and Wall Street traders, Wall Street traders got on. Wall Street traders got on in, locked into the same group as teachers as as my group. Like it's wild, unacceptable. Like they, they, those, those people work from. They don't go with like they go they go places to party, but they don't go to Wall Street anymore. They all work from home, and they're, they're literally just vampires on everyone else's lives. It's just it's wild. And I I, I, I when I when you talked about Andrew Cuomo, it, it was like the more the most clear example of like these people do not give a shit about like anyone other than like you know uh, them or people like them. It it I wish I wish stuff like this would be like a bigger story because it would like. 
radicalize more people, I think, to realize, like, yeah, these people don't, don't give a shit about any, about any of us at all. Well, I, and I think, I mean, it really comes down to, and, and the way that he's publicly and openly acting like that, is there's some sort of, there's a way that we look at those jobs as, like, something that are supposed to be tough and horrible to the point that it makes you not do them anymore. And so people, right. you know, see them as, like, yeah, you know, whatever. They're going through hell. They deserve it because they're going to be successful. You know, pressure makes diamonds. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. of course we're not going to give it to them. We want them to know their lives don't matter so that they choose something. They choose a job, you know, right. where we value their lives. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And, to, and not feasible. Pathetic. It's the same thing with the minimum wage thing. It's like somebody has to make the food for us. Somebody has to stock the shelves. Somebody has to do all of these yeah. nice things that we like that happen every fucking day, and they shouldn't be punished for it. I think they're doing a great, great things. You know, I think hot yeah. French fries, uh, and I don't have to leave my car, is they should get a house, you know? Yeah. 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 And I do think that's the good thing about, like, the billionaires making more and more money, as I think more people are becoming aware of, like, oh, like, these, these companies are just making more and more money, and while people continue to die. But that's my hope, at least. I hope that, like, because, like, you had your usual detractors where it was like, well, the minimum wage would make things raise in price. And so that's happening anyway. And now they're making even more money. I don't, I don't, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm hoping that this is a radicalizing event for a lot of people. I, I agree. I mean, the, the, really the thing that we got going for us is that people have less money. Uh, and that is builds yeah. more solidarity. And, you know, at this point, we have a very long history, you know, from, from the the Obama's first, you know, go round. Now we're going into the Joe Biden thing, and we know what has happened. We know the history of Black Lives Matter. We we've talked radical politics. They've been in the conversation for the last few years, and you know now we now folks are in the precarious situation to understand that things aren't going for them. Uh, you know, the Wall Street bets thing was also a big awakening or at least a, an alarm bell to just say, to just once again remind people that like you're getting fucked over, you're getting taken advantage of, you know, uh, we, right. we have to, Every we have to do day, something yeah. else. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, that's all I know you guys want to go on break and I, that's all I had to say, but um, do you mind if I plug something real fast? Go, go for it. Go for it. I have a podcast uh, called Guys Were Screwed. It's about the apocalypse. Um, we were just on um, Struggle Session, which was a lot of fun. Uh, they're great guys. And um, uh, my Twitter is Green Left Arrow. And we have a we have a uh, podcast Patreon or podcast Twitter at Guys Were Screwed as well. But uh, check it out if you guys uh, are interested. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Uh, all right now we can take a break all right so this week we have uh some music from one of our own street fight contributor this is uh sick emma you can find them at soundcloud.com slash s-k-k-m-a that's sick emma uh there they wrote in and said my name is sick emma i'm a music producer from tennessee I'd love if you play some of my stuff on the show. Not sure how the track selection process works. Well, just so you know, so everybody else learns, you can send an email to streetfightradio@gmail.com. You can head to streetfightradio.com, click on the contact form, and send it there. Uh, or any of the social media outlets work as well. So 
however you want to get your music to us, we will put it on the show. Uh, you get a, you get. I can't do one song. If you're an artist that just made your first song, that's not enough. I need people that can do a whole album. I need people that got 20 minutes of music ready to go. Uh, send it our way, and we'll be glad to play it. We're Street Fight. We're going to be go on break uh, for 10 minutes or so and come back. Uh, we'll see you then. Peace.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show. Uh, we'll get to your call if you're in the queue. Thanks for everybody that's called so far. It's been a wonderful show. If you want to hear more of the music we just played that was Sikkim, you can find them, Sikema, sorry. You can find them at soundcloud.com slash S-K-K-M-A. 
uh, for more of that good stuff. Uh, also, I wanted to share this on Twitter at teach underscore Ben uh, a week or two ago posted about getting a, a bike ride together in Seattle and had three other street fight people show up and they rode bikes like two days ago and it looked like a lot of fun and uh, I'm glad they got together. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's great. Prager underscore UTI Tyler underscore underscore dupius and Kirsten O'Brien on Twitter. So thanks for uh, sharing your journey and uh, finding cool people to hang out with. Hell yeah. Uh, you want to take more calls? Yeah. Let's, go Let's get it. them on here. Thanks for calling Tree Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, here we go. This is me. Uh, I heard the beep. Uh, so so it's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo 65 from, from the chat. Hello, guys. Hey, uh, good how's evening. It going? I'm, I'm loving the show so far. Good to talk to you in real life. Thank you. What's up? So I, re- I, rev- I revised my statement in the chat earlier. I said I might have one of the best calls, uh, but I'm going to revise that because it is the best call you have <laughs> ever had. Okay. Hey, okay, you know, um, I like the confidence. Okay. I have a story in four parts. Okay. There is a bombshell in Act 1 and Act 3. All right. First bombshell is, first bombshell is, my weed gave me superpowers. Okay. All right. Good ones. Okay. What kind? Yeah. So, like, did you ever see, uh, I think it's called Senseless with Marlon Wayans? I, d- I have seen Senseless with Marlon Wayans. That's where his yeah. senses it's got extra like, powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, senses are like super. Like, super. Golly. Right. That- so I have a bit of that. I, ha- I-, I have a bit of that, but that's not. That's just the tip of the iceberg, actually. <laughs> That's back when they made um, comedy movies, like 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 mid-budget yeah. comedy movies. You could just go see it. They didn't have a superhero in them. They were just yeah. They were just intended to be funny. It's not, yeah, it's not serious. It's just it's funny. Laugh at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do remember I, that I, movie. I like. I do like that kind of humor. Uh, so yeah, we gave me superpowers. I can I like I I smoked. Oh, you, you guys aren't snitches, but I smoked a little before work today, and then I went in there and I was like seeing all of my normal work stuff, and it's like high high definition. It's like no matter where I go, and like uh, okay, I'll I'll start with my most recent discovery before I I uh, start listening to the show. I was um, here and I was drilling math problems and listening to classical music, right? And I realized I was like just tracking the notes of the of the music just immediately, and I was just like picking it up, and then I was like moving my hand, and I'm like, oh, I think I know how to play violin. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that is a yeah. very Brian thing. To Taps do. into it. I always feel like, like I could learn guitar. I was I was in the kitchen the other night, and I was like, you had music on. And I'm like, and I, was, I just like. I was keeping the rhythm like I've never been able to ever before in my life. And I'm like, I think I can dance. I, 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 I don't know what's happening. Well, that's good. Um, so that was like, uh, this started about 10 days ago, right? It was about when the stock frenzy started popping up. And this isn't about the stocks, but like, that's when it started, you know, because that's when I started like going into study mode and I was trying to learn everything I could learn about the stocks, you know, because of the events going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like, 
just like as the time went on, I don't know if it's because I was trying to do all this learning and if it just interacted with my weed and then like built out my neural pathways. Okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah, like that's my, my current theory. Uh, the other theory is tumor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm, well, I'm let's hope it's the weed. I am, yeah, yeah, like I, I, I bring it up because like um, there's a story. I don't know if you guys heard about it. It's this 40 uh, year old guy uh, suddenly felt like a pedophile. He's like, "Why do I feel like a pedophile?" Went to the doctor, giant tumor. Really, I've never heard that one. Yeah, and then they you can it's it's a quick Google. I did it earlier, and then they were I think they removed it, and then he started feeling like a pedophile again, and he was like, "The tumor's back." Hmm. It might not have even been the tumor then. In that case. Uh, I mean, he said he felt better, and then he felt like he had a pedophile again. So that is a very know. weird thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, is that what's happening to me? But yeah, like, like, um, so you started with the stocks, and then like, just I, I just started like rapidly thinking of ideas. When it when it first started, I was telling my friends that I couldn't stop having takes. I'm like, I just have a take a minute. I have a take a minute. Why are you having these takes? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean takes? I'm like, you don't know what a take is? I'm like, you know how take? Come on, let's take. They didn't yeah. get it. And I'm like, I just keep having these ideas. And then and then um last week came, I took most of the week off of work to watch the stock thing because whatever. Um and then like I just started like, you know, I continued with this brain activity. I just started pumping out business ideas and now I think I have like a a million dollar billion dollar business idea <laughs> do you think that you so smoked, like when did you start smoking weed do you was think it you, you smoked a primo maybe because that's i mean cocaine will often give you business ideas yeah yeah i do feel like very up on it like i was just thinking i was like is this like similar to cocaine because i feel very agitated and energized but it's not anything else other than the weed so that's like that's all it and, and nicotine i don't know that's you know uh I mean, those are stimulants, or yeah. weed can be a stimulant, or, you know, if you got oh, yeah, a sativa, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. you're feeling them creative juices. Yeah, weed yeah. hasn't given me an idea in yeah, 20 sure. years. I don't think. Well, I would also say... Yeah, one day, man. Well, yeah, as somebody that deals with weed a lot <laughs> and uh, also kind of knows my cycles, it also could just be an, like an episode of Manic. It could be like a Manic episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's... Uh, I, Sometimes and I get like I don't know which, really which... super crazy high and then I have to like roll all that energy into a good idea or a good use of my time. And then that's where, you know, I end up getting things done. So so which of you have I been bothering on Twitter? Uh hmm. the Street Fight account, you'd be bothering Brett. Yeah. Uh I I that's that was my guess, it was Brett. Uh so you know how I've been avalanching you with messages, right? There's a circle of my friends that has gotten that at like times 10, times 20, because I can't stop nonstop thinking. I've been taking uh, voice notes constantly. Every time I have a new idea, I just quickly send it to my notes so that I can yeah. you know, look at it later. Um, well, so, yeah, my best advice is oh. that you have to think about the crash. This comes back to stock markets too. But like even emotionally, no, like, you know, if I draw from if I draw from my manic energy and I stay up for an entire weekend and send messages to everybody that I want to work with, try to get things done, 
it's followed by a very distinct crash where I can't get anything done for oh, yeah. you know a long amount of time. So you have to you have to keep it more in the middle instead of indulging sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah. I had a I I I think. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I'm I'm trying to track down an indica for that, like because yeah, I need to manage. I don't have any indica, so I'm trying to get one of those. Uh, you no, know, I did have the crash the other night. I uh, I think it was Friday night, and that's when I started like thinking about, okay, what is happening in my brain? Something's happening in my brain, and I was like, okay, neurology, blah 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 blah. And then I, th- I thought tumor. This little word tumor tumor flashed in my head, and I fell down on my kitchen floor crying my eyes out because I thought I was going to die before I saw my idea to fruition, and that this murdered me so much. Well, and then I and then I slept for seventeen hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that kind of stuff can be good motivation, too. You don't have to always work yourself up to the way where you think you're on the brink of death. Sometimes you can kind of remember what that's like and think, you know, well, I I do get to do this thing. Uh, I know what it's like to think you're going to die, and uh, I'm glad I'm not dead. So I'm going to I have the energy to do it without being in like, you know, too worked up. I got to tell you, too, though, I have the same. My feeling most of the time is the part where you had the tumor. That is how I feel generally yeah, a lot yeah, of the time. You, <laughs> you, you have hypochondria, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have that because I never think that I'm sick, you know? Tumor doesn't count? Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. I don't think you, I have a tumor. You, 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 I, I have panic attack because it's always I, a vague I thing. Think, you know, it's always a vague, like, do. something's wrong with you, dude. There's something wrong happening, and that's where I have to deal, you know. Yeah, I think I've heard about you. I've heard you boast on the show before about your immune system, I think. Yes. Have you done that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do, that, yeah. actually. I yeah. always talk about how I never get sick. I mean, now I don't get sick because I'm not around anybody. Yeah I, yeah, I never get sick either, thankfully. It's yeah, great. When I meet nice. somebody that gets sick all the time, I feel bad for them. Like, oh. If you could only have my system where I don't get sick very often. But again, yeah. that doesn't even mean that I don't get sick. That means that I won't admit to myself that I'm sick ever. You know, I'm just like, nah, you're fine. Yeah. People's nose runs. It's like, it's just a phase, you know, it's just like groggy, eh, whatever. Yeah, I think when you have so many false alarms like I've had in my life, like where like, you know, very early on when I started to notice my anxiety, it was all around that kind of stuff. And I went to the emergency room quite often to get looked at. And mm-hmm. uh every time they were like, bank, man. yeah, there's, well, I was so broke at the time. They just wrote it off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Every time they were, they were just like, nah, you're fine. You're like, everything's okay with you, you know? So I'm somehow, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, that's how I act too. That is how I act. I keep telling my, I, I, I'm like, now that I'm in therapy, I don't have, I, I like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the highs and the lows, but like the lows I can sometimes steer out of a little bit easier. I mean, I, I am like an ultra depressed guy, but like, uh, uh, I, I yeah. always know that there's going to come a time where yep. I'm not, where I'm like, uh, like, you know, once it's spring and I'm out doing my huge long walks and stuff, I'll be in a generally good mood all the time. But like this time of year for me is like, 
that's where I hit my lowest of, of, of points every February. It's like, why, why am, why do I have to live through this every year? You know, it's like, I'm wholly unprepared for February to happen. You know, <laughs> you really hate February. You mentioned it a lot. I do. I do. I don't February's like the winter. Yeah. I don't like it's the winter month. at all. I yeah. just, yeah, I, I hate it when there's not leaves on the trees. That's the thing that mm. I, there is something about my psyche that when all the leaves are gone, I get to my worst place. Period. Because it just feels like everything feels dead. It's just really hard for me to handle, you know? But uh, mm-hmm. weed tends to help that, though, a little bit. You know, it'll put me in a... It'll put me up one or two notches out of there. So it does do something for me. That's good. Yeah. I'll say January gets away with it because there's, like, the holiday afterglow. It's like, oh, I remember it was just the holidays. Man, but February's like... That sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day's in there, but you're like, that's not even like a real oh, holiday. Yeah, that's a stress on off. everybody. Nobody, uh, secretly, nobody likes Valentine's Day. I don't know why they do it. I don't mind it. Like a lot of times for Valentine, we're thinking about doing a gold belly dinner Ooh. for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. See, now that oh, I the, like the Valentine's Day food? again, yeah. We're going to have gold. You're, you're going to import some food. Yeah. We're going to import some food. $120 food from somewhere. I mean, we would have spent for a lot of money on it anyway. No, I agree. You but the, the prices are just like every, we got eight cheesesteaks. It's $190. It's yeah. A, yeah. Like, okay. Mm. All no. right. Well, I don't need eight no. cheesesteaks. <laughs> like we're going to have to order from two different places. Thinking about getting the wife and kid main lobster rolls. Okay. And then. Whatever I decide on for me, probably a cheesesteak, as you said. <laughs> You're just going to do four mm-hmm. cheesesteak? You're going to do the four cheesesteak meal. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm looking into. I'm just looking into, like, gold belly. I guess I'll do gold belly, you know? Because we're trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to celebrate Valentine's Day this year. Like, how are we going to celebrate it? Yeah. You know, it's not going out yeah. for a fancy dinner. I Maybe a fancy dinner at home. But you want to make it. You want to make it special. Yeah. Yeah. You want to uh, just make it special. special at home. I'm gonna do the uh, drive-in at White Castle. Yeah, they do that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, you nice. can reserve a spot. Yeah, that's that's really what I plan to do. That's nice. If that's what you. Or like. there's a heart-shaped pizza. I thought about the heart-shaped pizza. I have thought about the heart. That's another pizza. good one. But it's mm, at all yeah. the places that kind of suck, though. Right. You know, they they don't do the heart shaped pizza at like the better places because they're like, I ain't spending don't no they time do it making at, uh, heart- Donato's. Donato's they, has a heart shape. They do, do they? it at Donato's. Yeah, Donato's good. What are you talking mm, about? It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, it's it's my pizza treat when I get myself a pizza treat. Other than. Um, Oh, man, the Detroit-style one. I like um, Jets. Jets. That's my other one. Jets. Jets. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I like Detroit-style from... I ate Jets in Detroit, actually, for dinner. That, Ooh, that I'll blame nice. Leslie Lee for, where he was like, I'm getting Detroit-style pizza. Do you want any? And I was like, sure. And I got in on his order, and then it showed up, and it was Jets. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I can get that at home, dude. <laughs> But uh, so let me ask uh, you this real quick. What what is your best idea? We won't steal it, I promise. 
Uh, I'll get, I'll get to that. I was going to circle back real quick. I don't think I could ever do Gold Belly because there is so many like good restaurants in town that I've never been to and I need to go to them. Uh, also, uh, I loved the story about the melt delivery the other week. I told my wife because she, she's infamous, you know, or my ex-wife, um, you know, we, we've been there a lot and we always agree like the fries go bad, like no matter what, within a minute, like even if you're there in the restaurant and it's a fresh it's like a minute and they're bad. I had wet food again I, I, last night that was miserable. I was so uh-oh. mad uh-oh. eating a wet I thought dinner. you weren't going to do it. I, I wasn't. You know what happened? I pick uh, up. I, I just didn't do it. I don't know why I didn't do it. It's a good excuse to leave. Brian. Come on. It just Breaking your, your protest, man. I didn't break. I, I mean, I guess I did. <laughs> I did break my protest a little <laughs> bit. It was Shake Shack. Yes, which yes, usually yes, shows oh, up man. good. Come on. It usually shows never, up good. I never use apps. I know. I'm I got always take out because I'm a cheap ass. Cheap ass always take all take out every single time. I got to do that. That's true. I, I We're staking Where where Shake Shack at though? The Eastern one? No, downtown. I, I don't uh, short I don't, north. I don't believe I've ever gotten a pizza delivered to me in my life. I always go get takeout. Mm, too lazy for that. I mean, pizza's the only place to do it right. <laughs> pizza's a safe delivery. Yeah. yeah. The they know how to do like, it. I mean, it, it is. You're right. You're right. I just don't want to pay for it. But this, so. some of this takeout food where they, they throw a plate of food in a styrofoam box and it turns to hell oh, and yeah. on the way over. Yeah. Just some, some food is not meant for styrofoam. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Melt. It's wet. Yeah. At, at, work, at work, yeah, they were putting breakfast stuff in a styrofoam for a second. And it was like the wettest. Uh, tater tots. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Hell yeah. Well, uh, um, we got to wrap. We got to get this. We, we got to get, get this wrapped up. Oh, damn. Okay. So, uh, damn. Damn, Brett. Come on, man. Um, so, uh, number two is my business thing. That's the, the best idea. It's, it's, at the, it's a reference back to the previous guest earlier because it's an educational program. Uh, I was saying in the chat earlier, how like in America we don't have any uh, financial literacy or um, this financial literacy, mathematical literacy, yeah. media literacy. Robert Kiyosaki people don't know they're being that. lied to all the time. Uh, cultural literacy, like, and it's just like it's just there's so many basic ideas out there. It just takes a little bit of help to make to help people understand them, and so that's what I want to do with my program. I want to, and it's not going to be like expensive. It's going to be like you know, at least at the start, it'd be like $10, $20 a head or whatever. But, you know, it just sort of like, you know, help people, you know? Yeah. Like that, the, the thing with the stocks right now is what inspired me because there are so many stupid people jumping into it because they think it's a Fortnite dance. They're like, oh, I'm going to do a $300 Fortnite dance. They're like, yeah. don't do the Fortnite dance. If you don't understand what you're doing, don't do it. Stay yeah. home. Don't, don't do the Fortnite dance. Just All don't. Right. Okay. I mean, right. you know, that sounds like something. I would give it a shot. Yeah, and my, my, my ex-wife, my secretary, the company's named after my cat. My cat's very cute and adorable and the best cat in the world. And she, you know, basically saved my life in this past year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, quickly, quickly, number three. Uh, number three, uh, Elon Musk, Dogecoin, you guys were talking about earlier. Uh, cryptocurrency, think of it as... Uh, you ever, you ever like uh, read a book and they have like a fictional currency? 
like you know gold or whatever you actually know? i refuse to read books with fictional currency in them but i know what you're talking about <laughs> that's something that annoys yeah. brett a yeah. lot that's that's very brave of you brian <laughs> i it just i just it, it annoys the shit out of brett too it's just that like as soon as i read a book and they're like whatever chits or whatever they call them i'm like Ugh, yeah uh, just call them dollars okay <laughs> Chits. Chits. So, so, it's board games. So just think of crypto. Crypto is like uh, a money in a fantasy book, right? It's, it's nothing. It's only worth is like what people think it's worth. But it's absolutely nothing. People are putting money into nothing, taking money out of nothing. That's what cryptocurrency is. Uh, so uh, establishing that, Elon Musk right now, he on a nightly basis, he's putting out tweets that are basically – you know, in the stock world, you would call him a pump. You know, it's like you want the price to go up. And so he's doing this every single night, like sometimes multiple times a day, where he's pumping the, the Dogecoin up, right? And, you know, at first I was, like, you know, thinking he was just like doing a dumb Elon thing, right? But Elon right now, he's very out against the SEC and Wall Street, and he's, you know, against the hedge fund people, right? Because what they do because they have infinite capital behind them, the you know Wall Street and hedge funds and the bankers, they have infinite capital, so they can go in and uh, manipulate the start stock charts to look exactly how they want it. Uh, if you go back last week, the uh, AMC and the GME charts are nearly identical because that's how firm of a grip that Wall Street has on the stock market. And so, what Elon Musk is doing, right, is he's perioding Wall Street. He is doing the same thing with Dogecoin. He is using his infinite capital to manipulate Dogecoin markets. And, and then, like, I don't know, he, he keeps, and he, like, keeps putting out these tweets about Dogecoin and then, like, anti-hedge fund or stay strong on GME. And so, like, my guess is that he's going to continue this manipulation with the Dogecoin. And then at some point, he's just going to, like, drop a billion dollars on the stock market on you know, DME, AMC, he might just buy like everything, man. That, that would be like an Elon Musk yeah. joke. He's going to drop like a billion dollars on like every stock just to say he could, you know, cause he wants, cause like that's, that is it. He's playing a prank on all of us. So he's playing the prank on the financial world. All right. Uh, well, so I, I will, I will skip part four. I will skip part four. I'll end there. I will call back later. All right. Well, call back anytime. Have a good night. I can't wait to tell you about that. Okay. Thank you guys. Bye. All right. You got to get a right. you got to clear Ooh. you got to get a clear idea when you say you got the best business idea. You really got to explain what it is. Like he didn't manage to say anything except for that he wants to charge people ten dollars, which is what I want to do too. Like I, mean, I that's what I'm charging into. people ten dollars is the best business that there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charging people ten dollars is a great business. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, hey, hey. This is August from Montana. What's up? What's up, August? How's it going? Good. I would just like to defend the honor of cold weather. It's beautiful. It's God's gift to the world. You can ski. It's been dumping snow. We didn't get snow all year until like three days ago, and we got like 40 inches. I'll say this. My wife and kid like the winter time. Like they keep telling me like, I would never, I, cause I keep saying California over and over again. They're like, I would never go to California. It doesn't get to be winter there. And I'm like, ew, I know that's 
that's why I look at California as <laughs> nah, a place. Man, the winter's the winter's amazing. I um I'm gonna go snowboarding for my birthday. We have decided that. So Hey, hell yeah. That will be so much fun. I'm going skiing tomorrow, which is gonna be beautiful. Um, but no, you're gonna have a blast snowboarding. It's fun. Have you skied or snowboarded at all before? Oh yeah, I've I've done it. Uh I just snowboard when I was younger. Hung around people that were way better. Nice. And then Ohio just doesn't really offer it. I mean, Ohio is like has nothing. And I never had the money to travel elsewhere. <laughs> but at this point in time, I mean, just snowboarding down a little tiny hill will be very fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Oh hell yeah. I I, I would be afraid to try to ski, but I would try it. It just the weather has to be. It has definitely to be like thirty eight. Definitely try it. Makes it. It makes it so that uh, you actually are excited when it snows rather than being annoyed about it. That's <laughs> true. I mean, my Gwen was uh, snow uh, trying to sled down the hill in front of our house the other night, and then flipped and did a snow angel and all this stuff, and she looked pretty happy. And it's just like mm, I I stood inside by the door and watched her. And was like, ah, oh, look at that. She's having a good time. Charlotte wants to do glow tubing <laughs> for her birthday, so you're welcome to that. Anybody can tube. Yeah, tubing is something that anybody can do. I've done it. I have tubed. But I've, their setup is way better. Yeah. Than any sledding hill I've seen. Okay. All right. Well, I will consider something like that. I don't know though. I feel like it's so I it yeah. feels like just a lot of time in the cold and getting wet. It's the wetness that's the uh, issue. It's like zero degrees right now, so uh, the snow is like not wet at all. I think it's like nine percent moisture or something. It's just like powder. But doesn't Beautiful. that make it bad to ski? Um, no, powder is the best to ski. Yeah, it's just like deep, bottomless, soft. You can hit way bigger like cliffs and jumps and stuff than you could normally because you land soft. If you crash, it doesn't hurt because you literally just fall into like a very soft pillow. Yeah. So when I when I went when I was in high school, I had a job and I paid to join ski club, and we would go in Ohio, and there were like the weather would be horrible, like there would be no snow at all. It would be barely cold, and they would be running uh, snow making machines. And basically, it would be just a sheet of ice, and you would fall on your snowboard, and your your snow pants would just get ripped to shreds. Like you would fall on a on like just <laughs> immediately ragged ice, and then all of a sudden, your coat is just has a huge slash in the back of it. Like wow, the conditions are so <laughs> so bad up here. I would love to to hit some fresh pow pow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, come out. Now's the time to to get out to Montana and go skiing because we're we're finally getting snow. Really? Okay. Um, I want to go to Montana really bad. That's that's for sure. Come to Montana. It's gorgeous here, and you can go rock climbing. You can go skiing. You can go on the Yellowstone River. I hike. I'm you a can hiker. Go into Yellowstone, see foxes and wolves and bison and shit. I like to hike. I think I want to hike, though. Like, if I go places, I just hike. Hiking, dude. Winter hikes are good, too. No. No, 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 no. It's a, you can, it's a good reason to buy gear. Get into cross-country skiing, then, man. 
Ooh, cross country skiing would be a good that's, one. That's a badass winter hike. Is it real? I mean, that sounds hard to do though, and they don't have. Uh... It's not that hard to do. You can get, and you can get a used pair of cross country skis and boots for quite cheap. Wait, the skis um, are different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're like thin, and your heel lifts off, so you can you can ski. They're terrible going downhill, but you can you cover a lot of distance really fast with them. Okay. All right. You could be maybe cross country ski Columbus. <laughs> you could totally cross if there's enough snow. You could cross country ski around. Nah, they got the sidewalks you, are you, pretty it's clear. Faster than walking too. Like way faster than walking. That might be worth. I mean, I I, I was gonna buy snowshoes this week. I came really close, and then I checked nah, out. No, 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 no. Cross country skis are way better than snowshoes. Okay, I'll look into it. I I will probably look- like because snowshoes are just these big fuck off like stupid ass things on your feet. You walk around. You got like you gotta spread your legs out because they're so wide. Really? I thought they were good. Like they look pretty impressive when you see them i guess they do look pretty impressive but i would i would highly recommend cross-country skiing instead because it's just a better time in general okay i'll take a look and i'll I'll look into cross-country skiing i don't know if because it doesn't snow enough here to really do any to worry about the snow well you know there's a decent amount of snow there is right now but at some point it's going to melt and we probably won't get another snowfall you know it well, snows like once or twice a yeah. year. It snowed a lot right now. <laughs> it's a lot of snow right now. That's the reason I'm going ski. Like, this is the reason I'm going snowboarding because it's it's snowing for a lot. That's why you're complaining the whole thing. The whole time you're complaining is because it's been snowing. I know. I hate it. Go cross-country ski it. <laughs> it's made my walking horrible. Yeah. Learn to ski and then you'll, you'll ski instead of walk. I will. I I will look into it. Um, you got anything else? Uh, not really. That's all I. So you called to defend really winter. To the show. That is an end. Indi- I'm going to tell you it was winter, indefensible yeah. what you said. It's indefensible. I will not agree with you. <laughs> you convinced me. I, I kind of dig it now. <laughs> no winter. Winter is the best. All the right. thing about it is that the- also I got a shout out. Go ahead. Uh, my little brother, he is a bladesmith who makes gorgeous knives. Okay. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at, uh, Sureforge, spelled S-C-H-U-E-R-R, and then just Forge. S-C-H, what is it? Um, U-E-R-R. I love knives. S-C-H-U-R-R. U-E-R-R. U E R R. Sorry. Sure, Forge. I love knives. So yeah. puppy dogs, knife makers. Knives are cool so many wonderful things in here. Knives are the goddamn best. I'm already following Sure Forge. I can't wait to to carry a knife and in the in the summertime and and whittle wood. That's what my plan is. You could do that in the winter. I do time. that. Well, I do do that while I'm out walking. I whittle wood. Okay. Yeah. I gotta say, if you want a blistering sharp knife, like better than you can find in the store, like anywhere, hit up my brother. He does commissions, so he'll make, he'll like get on a Zoom call and like sketch out exactly what you want. Oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, and the thing that's cool about about what the work that he does is typically you look at a knife and you kind of see there's the primary bevel that like the knife tapers down and then it comes into a secondary bevel where the edge is. But with his knife, he brings them all the way down in one bevel. So it's just, it goes right down to the edge. There's no like secondary little bevel so that the geometry of the edge is, is like really thin. And so it means that they last a long time. You can sharpen them many, many times and they don't get by sharpening them. You create a secondary bevel eventually, but like it just stays sharper for longer because the geometry yeah. is better. Like, nice. Yeah. Me and the guys um, out at the Dairy Queen are always talking about that secondary bevel and how much of a pain <laughs> in the ass it is. I'm so getting saw my dick. I'm me. actually looking. <laughs> I want to get a karambit of folding karambit. That's, that's what my goal is now. You got it. Karambits are, are pretty sweet. They're fucking cool, but they're expensive. That's the problem. Is that why you want <laughs> yeah. it? Is that the only reason you want it? No, they look neat, too. They're like the neatest looking knives. They're like, yeah, they're cool. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. We got we to gotta get the rest thanks of the calls. We're me. running out of time. Thanks for calling. Have a wonderful calling show. Have Later, a great alligators. night. Later. Yeah, yeah karambit I mean, is know, what I've gotten into. Well, I wanted to say about the winter thing is like, I guess maybe you're just behind, but like you shouldn't be wet and cold in the winter right now. Like there's stuff you can wear that prevents that. I know I wear stuff that so how are keeps you me warm. getting cold and wet then. If you go skiing, the snow will make you cold and wet mm. and you got to buy ski gear. I guess, and I am. I, I, I'm not getting ski gear. What ski gear? Whatever the pants and the shirts they wear when they go out there and ski. Okay. You know, I don't know what they are, right. but every That's time I've I mean. ever gone sledding, I've gotten cold and wet. That has been the end result. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can avoid that if you have the ski gear. But I have very warm clothes. I'm I'm warm when I go out walking, it's not I don't I didn't not walk today because it was cold. I didn't I didn't walk today because I just yeah. when I'm wasn't say, feeling it. What I'm saying if you can't sled in it then it's worthless. Yeah. Well if you don't have I don't you, sled that much though. Right. You should be ready to go at any time. You get very brief moments of joy during this thing, during this winter thing. You gotta be ready to sled at any time. Mm. As soon okay. as that fucking snow starts coming down, you gotta get ready to sled. It's the only good thing to look forward to. Yeah, we did it one time. We stayed up like it started snowing at like nine at night, and we ran down to the park and we're sledding in the middle of the night instead of going to bed. It was it was pretty fun. It was a good memory. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh oh, Skelly. Are you on mute? Check the mute button. Hello. Hey, sorry, sorry. Hey, what's hey, up? It's me. <laughs> Reanimated ah, I had forks. it muted for a second. Yeah. Yeah, we've noticed that the hey, mute button. Uh, it's Del Vaco from chat. What's happening? What's up, Del Vaco? What's going on tonight? Uh, not much. Happy to happy to be home. Uh, I was in the hospital for like a week last week and got out and immediately went back to work. Ah. I've been working all week for the Super Bowl. Dang. You're working for the Super Bowl? Everybody. Well, uh, well, like I work for Food Lion, 
Uh, I've been oh. having to make, uh, you know, those veggie trays that people buy for Super Bowl parties. Yep. With your dips. I probably made 120 of them this week, at least. Did you tell, did you write, why are you having a party on every one of them? Like, what's your deal, dude? Come on. Or maybe it's warm there, though. Maybe it's warm where you're at and they're sitting outside watching the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it's like 27 degrees here right now. All right. Uh, So 120 people are having a party right now. They're in the Florida room. Get ready for the outbreak, baby. Yeah, with carrots and celery and shit that I cut up for them. (laughs) Is that a tough one? Is that is that like a a, uh, a hard that sounds terrible to me? Like it, it sounds exhausting, tedious, but it's also pretty zen. Like yeah. uh, once you get a rhythm going. Yep. Like uh, I was a chef for years and years, and uh, I had a pulmonary embolism which blew out my lungs, uh, so I can't really keep up with professional kitchen work anymore. Um, so this was a way I could still use my skills and still work and not not die yeah, yeah i would say afford food and stuff so i mean getting enough salary cut for 120 party platters is way more conceivable to me than like you know figuring out how to grow my network or figuring out how to get more sales or figuring out like the the meeting that i have to pitch like i it's just one thing you have to do I also I also enjoy doing yeah. that. I loved folding clothes when I worked at the warehouse because it was like, what do I have to do? Just fold clothes? I, I can do that. I'll do that all day. If, any, if nobody talks to me yeah. and I just sit here and fold clothes, I'll just do that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, yeah. when you were saying I just, it's I, easier I for Cuban music and I find a rhythm and just am cutting fruit all day, fruit right. and celery and carrots and whatever they need. When you say it's easier for you to conceive, it's even easier for me to conceive enjoying that more than being a bagger. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, even yeah. that's a harder job. <laughs> yeah, I was a cashier as a teenager and also a car attendant, and this is way easier. Yeah. So. I mean, that not that like most of working at a grocery store is like you're just trying to get away from bagging or being a cashier? It's kind of like yeah. the call center what I would call the call center dilemma, where it's like, yes, I got a job at a call center, but I'm working very hard to not be on the phone anymore. Yeah. Like anything you could do to like put yourself in training. You're like, don't I have like a few computer classes I have to take this week? Yeah. Like, they're due by the end of the month. Yeah. And you're like trying to like, figure out like, you're like counting the eight people in the building that don't have to take the phone calls. And you're like, how do I get that job? You know, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> there's that job doesn't exist. Like it exists, but if somebody gets it, they hold on to it. <laughs> that was the whole time I yeah. worked at the, I, at I the purposely, when I worked at the call center. I liked taking the old people calls when I worked in a call center because uh, you're supposed to get them off the phone in like five minutes or whatever their bullshit metric was. But if they're like mad enough, you could keep them on the phone for like two hours <laughs> and just fucking mute them. Yeah, just collect your paycheck, and that, that those were the best calls for me, where I could just let someone yell at me for like, for like ever, and then like be like, oh well, sorry, I'll put in a ticket for you. Bye. It's crazy though, <laughs> like when, the easiest ones. When you're like me, which is loserish, like I always just ended yeah. up 
customer facing all the time. They put me in front of the customers. Yeah. I could never get away from the customers. And it and it's really the the people that are more suited to deal with customers, those are the ones that get promoted. And I'm like, I, I mean, can't you yeah. like laterally move me to something where I don't have to deal with the customers? <laughs> yeah. Like put me in tech support or something like let me do tech support for other people on the phone. Yeah. Don't, don't make me talk to customers. I begged to get put on uh, a chat. When I did tech support, I begged to be chat support because I thought it would be much better than taking calls. Yeah. So what's, Absolutely. what's I, going I did, on? Uh, I was like customer service for Empire, like the carpet company for a while at their call center in El Paso, Texas. And that was miserable. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the worst job. It, it, call center is one of the more taxing jobs. Absolutely. And they always want you to work overtime, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. There's Saturdays. always overtime. You need the money, so you do it. But yep. We're going to have like 16 hour days and you're like, oh, just let me go home, please. Pizza and margaritas on Sundays. We're giving away a 42 inch TV. If you show up, somebody's leaving away a winner. You know? Dude, they really do give out way hey, more prizes and a call center than any other job. But like call centers hand out prizes like crazy. I've never had another job after that that handed out prizes the way the call center handed them out. You know, we would have these drawings. Did your call center have potluck? Yeah. We would have these drawings for like concert like tickets. The most, like Game of Thrones political intrigue thing in the entire call center is the fucking potluck. <laughs> like people backstab each other over what kind of food you brought or how cheap the utensils are that this person paid for. And it's like people fighting over who's going to bring paper plates or napkins. Where I work, they would have like a TV or like some speaker, like a surround sound system. And you would you would get entered into a drawing and you would get a new entry every two hours of overtime that you worked every day. So like people would come in and just work eight hours of overtime so they could get four entries to get a fucking TV or a surround sound system. Jeez. Yeah, it was hell. Yeah, that they would give us like, they'd be like, you can have a potluck next week. And that's like, you're because you met your metric. And that would be like the prize. Yeah. That's what the cable company like, did. We, we didn't even get a discount on carpet. If we tried to get our own fucking carpet. So <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would think that you probably don't get a lot of discounts in carpet places, you know, or, or like no. home improvement places. Cause they're like, they, first of all, they pay you so little that, they, they figure you're renting and you won't need to. <laughs> so, uh, what was the customer who would call in because they had asbestos in their house and they would still want their carpet installed anyway. <laughs> and I'm like, so you want us to poison our installers because you don't want to move it a week so you can get an inspection done. Jesus. Like you, you want us to kill our installers for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do actually. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely they they do not care. Absolutely. So what's going on tonight? What, what what'd you call in for? Uh, I just, you know, called in cause I listen all the time and I was like, ah, I should call in and, uh, well, I guess I should talk about, uh, probably the healthcare system is the thing I have the most experience with. Yeah. You just got um, out of the hospital. I used to work pizza delivery. 
Yeah, I used to work pizza delivery, right? Um, and it was 2016 around Christmas time. I wanted some extra hours to pay for Christmas presents. And at a customer's house, I ended up slipping down the stairs and hurting my leg. And uh, I thought I had just pulled something real bad because it felt like when you pull a muscle and it just won't untighten. Uh, so I just kind of ignored it because I need the fucking money. So I just worked on it for like another month, right? And then I woke up and I noticed that my left leg was twice the size of my right leg. Shit. <clears throat> And I was like, shit, something's wrong. Uh, I'll go to the hospital tomorrow. So I went to bed that night and I woke up and it felt like I was drowning. Like I I just couldn't catch my breath no matter what I did. Um, And I came to find out that it was a clot that was in my leg from the fall. And it broke off and gave me a pulmonary embolism in my lung, uh, which is kind of like a heart attack, but it's in your lung instead. Fuck. Um, and I, I was in the hospital for like a week with that, and they put me on some medication called Eliquis, which is a blood thinner, right? Um, but I don't have insurance because I work for fucking Domino's. I'm, I make, I make seven twenty five an hour plus tips. I don't get shit. Uh, so I didn't have insurance, and uh, they're like, "Well, that's okay. Uh, you can call the the." A pharmaceutical company and they'll give you some of the medicine for free um so like they gave me these vouchers for like two months for free yeah that's basically and just I like when you ask for samples my leg went down. like they just give you a bunch of sample yeah, packs it's yeah it's like two months of the prescription so it's like 60 pills for free yeah um, because I was low income or whatever but after that I went to renew the prescription again and it was going to be 460 bucks a month God damn for it. this medicine. I, I fucking hate and this I was government. Like, it's ridiculous. I was like, how can, how can I do that? I have rent, I have food, I have a car and gas. I can't, I can't pay $460 a month. So I didn't. And a year later, I ended up having another pulmonary embolism which put me back in the hospital because that clot that was in my lung didn't fully dissolve. What? So it was just building and building again for a year because I wasn't on the blood thinners. And I end up there. They give me another two months of eloquence. I'm begging the doctor. I'm like, please, you have to give me something cheaper. I can't like, it's going to be two months of this. And then I can't pay the 460. Like I need something cheaper. And he's like, well, the other medicines have a lot of moderate monitoring work and you'll have to have a lot of doctor's appointments. And, uh, you know, this in the long run, this will be cheaper. <laughs> so I'm going to keep you on this. And so I'm on the Eloquist again for two months. And a year later, I have another pulmonary embolism. The, the chances of surviving a pulmonary embolism are two out of three. <laughs> the third one is supposed to kill you. And I somehow made it through it, luckily, but it gave me permanent heart and lung damage the third time, which was last January. Um, And that fucked up my whole career, basically. Like, uh, I should be on disability. Um, I can't get it because I'd have to go to doctor's appointments and meet lawyers and shit. I don't make enough money for that. 
Um, wow. So basically the, the healthcare system is just designed to fucking kill you for being poor. Death panel. Like right now, without insurance, the medical debt that I have is $800,000 from hospital case. I was like, going to say put up I a could uh, never pay that. Put up I a GoFundMe for in my life I could never pay that. Put up a GoFundMe for the medicine though. You should get the medicine. I I mean, I guess it's like that's not even that's that's like not even a long-term goal uh fix, you know. They don't have generic at all. Yeah. Jeez. Well, luckily now this last time in last January I finally convinced them to give me a different medicine, which is warfarin, which get this is four dollars a month oh, at Walmart. Big change even without insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the shit the doctor would not give me twice when I begged them, and they have to make some sort of money off the Elquist or something because I, I I don't understand why. If I'm making no money and I'm begging them, I'm going to die if you don't give me a cheaper medicine, why they wouldn't do it until, like, literally it permanently damaged my life. Like, they waited until it caused permanent damage before they would do something. Yeah. That's horrendous. Damn. That's awful. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks ass. It's horrible. I wish you luck. I mean, but there's people who have it worse than me. So I yeah. I try, you know, not to comp- not to complain about it too much, but man, like the the healthcare in this country needs to fucking change. Like I there, agree. there's people like me or people worse than me who'll just fucking die if it doesn't change. Yeah, you um, hear these yeah. stories and you can't believe anybody could be against it. You know, you you just it's impossible. Yeah. You you can't believe anybody would be against universal health care, which I don't even know how many regular people are against universal health care. I think it's just politicians. Just Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And Chuck Schumer. Yeah. It, it's people who make money off of the insurance industry and off of pharmaceuticals. They're the only ones who give a shit about about like making sure that you die so that they don't lose like 1% of their fucking stock or whatever made up bullshit it is that they, they think they need. Yeah. When maintain people are the gravy their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for calling yeah. in. We, we appreciate it and good luck. I, I, you know, I, I hope everything turns out. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, you know, I'm doing better now. Uh, happy to be home. Uh, just to, to get my plugs in because I forgot, uh, the first time I called like a year ago. Um, I'm at Del Vaca on Twitter and I'm also on Twitch. I stream, uh, you know, Star Wars stuff mostly. Um, trying to have some sort of side hustle since I work part time cutting fruit now because it's the only job I can physically do. So, okay. Consider educating yeah. people for ten dollars a head. Find it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for calling yeah. in. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I love the show, and you know, I'm always in chat. <laughs> yeah, we love you. Yeah, we love you, and yeah, and well. and really get well. Or I I know you said you're doing better. I yeah. just and let us know if we can help, please. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course, guys. You guys are amazing, and the work you do is so so great. And 
I love everybody in the Street Fight family. I love everybody on Facebook and Twitch. Everybody's just so kind and, and loving to each other. And it's great to have this kind of community. How do you spell Del Vaca? That's what they want to know in the chat. Uh, it's spelled D-E-L-V-A-A-C-A. All one word. Del Vaca. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you guys too. Thank you. Didn't mean to do that. All right. There's a delay. All right. Oh, my word. There was a jump in. Well, okay. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is uh, W on the West Coast. What's going on? What's up, W? What's up, W? How you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. First time, long time. I've got a uh, rich dad, poor dad story for you. Oh, you got to call Tuesday. Rich dad, poor dad takedown. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll get we'll get yeah. set up for Tuesday, I guess. This is a tease. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday we're gonna we're gonna do a call. We're gonna ha- take calls on Tuesday as well. So if you've got good rich dad, poor dad oh. stuff, this is a good this is a good time to okay. uh, plan to call in. Oh, I see. I see. Well, I don't I don't think I can call in Tuesday. I'm no, that's okay. No, you go ahead and tell your. You're tell a trendsetter. Us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so I used to work for this company in uh, in Rexburg, Idaho, called uh, Prosper. And uh, what uh, the scam was, or what we did, it was a it was a call center, and we basically they recruited a bunch of like uh, uh, returned Mormon missionaries to cold call people and uh, uh, sell them life coaches. Um, mm. And uh, so uh, the 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 kind of entry level scam that you got to you roped into uh when you joined is uh there there was this program called transforming debt into wealth that would be advertised on um, late night tv that people would call up to get this like free book to help them transform their debt into wealth or whatever okay. and there would be a little slip and yeah there would be this little slip that told them that they were eligible for a free phone consultation with a, like a debt expert to help them out and uh that was us so we'd call up and be like hey we're we're here to give you your free uh, debt consultation over the phone um, and, uh, you know, help you help you uh, figure out your debt situation. Uh, and then we'd try to just sucker them into buying these life coaches. Um, wow. But uh, the, the Transforming Debt into Wealth program, like, was kind of like the low-level leads in the call center. The real, like, the real good leads were the rich dad, poor dad leads. Like, apparently the company, like, made some deal with rich dad, poor dad people. And oh. so if you did, if you did well with like the entry level stuff, they would give you like 10 or 15 rich dad, poor dad leads, <laughs> but you would do basically the same thing. You'd call somebody up and you'd be like, Hey, I heard you bought rich dad, poor dad. I'm here to give you your, uh, your phone consultation about your debt to help you out, get you on the right path. Um, and the whole thing was what you did is you, you would ask them about their financials, right? Like what kind of, you know, income did they have? And then what kind of debt did they have? Like, uh, uh, you know, and of course everybody has debt, right? Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a disaster waiting to happen. Right? Um, so of course any, everybody would be like, well, you know, I got my car, I got my house, I got these medical bills, I got this. And, you know, by the time you're done talking to them, they'd have like a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars in debt or something. And, and then we were coached and told to, okay, then you got to really make them feel guilty about having all this debt, just hammer on them and just like, you know, 
like we would act yeah. and like pause the middle of the like consultation be like whoa whoa wait a minute you have how much what a hundred hundred thousand are you serious you're like, kidding me what if rich dad what if rich you, dad hears how much debt you have <laughs> you have no assets coming in to cover any of these debts what are you doing yeah like this is this is worse i i haven't seen a case like this before i don't know if we can help you or not like this is this was beyond my skills. And then we'd be like, ah, well, you know, we, we do have like a special program for cases like yours to really help you out. And, uh, if you're interested, you'd have to, you know, talk to, talk to another person and, and we can hook you up with that and, uh, and, and see if you'd be, you'd be eligible for this program. But I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty serious situation. Oh my God. Uh, This is for people that want to turn their lives around. This is for someone that, you know, is really embarrassed to, to be in the situation that you're in. Yeah. Yeah, so you get them to feel that way, and so then then they agree to the next phone call, and the next phone call is when the closer comes in and uh, convinces them to put twelve thousand dollars down on their credit card for a life coach. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so it's like, like they're already in debt, and then we want them, and they and they explicitly like told us like we want them to charge this to a credit card so we can get the money right away, right? Like we don't want them to like set up a payment payment plan or anything, like just. Get them to, you know, commit $12,000 on their credit card to this next life coach program to help them out. And, uh, I don't know. I, it was, I felt so gross. Like after working at it for a year, I was just like, this is because we went to go meet the life coaches that we were selling people on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we went down there and all day, like we went to their office to like meet them and they're basically a bunch of like, real estate people who own like apartment complexes and stuff. And they're like, Oh yeah, we, you know, we can help people try try to try to get them to invest in like wiser opportunities and stuff. And like, I, I just, I guess like the idea of a life coach and a mentor isn't a bad idea, but what we were doing was definitely like a scam. Yes. Bad news. Well, that's so funny that the, the life coaches were basically like buy real estate because I was li- yeah. I was listening back to Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he is like adamant. Rich Dad is like, you need to do what you're passionate about. Like you need to really spend your time going in on things that you care about. Don't you know? Don't waste your time in, in assets that don't make any sense. Do what makes sense to you. And then Robert Kiyosaki steps in to say, it just so happens that I'm passionate about real estate. I, I love buildings and I, and I love the way they look. And it's like, no, you don't. You love that you get a monthly yeah. payment every single month. You love that you bought a building yeah. for $100,000 and they gentrified it. And then 10 years later, it's a million dollars. You are not passionate about any of this. It's like, I am also passionate about doing and not working at all and making a ton of money. That, yeah. I guess that would be my passion as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would love that. I I would love uh, uh, to just make passive income all the time. That is that I'm passionate. I'd be passionate about that myself. You know. But he he said he was just like I love yeah. properties. I love architecture. I love details. You know, he's like I just go wild for the yeah. carpet in a new million dollar built property I've acquired. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about buying property. It's he great. talks about buying property like I talk about buying knives. Right. He's just like, this guy can get property anytime he fucking wants. Yeah. Yeah, so that, uh, 
that's my warning on the rich dad poor dad. That whole like industry like is such a just such a scam. Like the like you were mentioning some of the others, like the Think and Grow Rich, or like there's one like the Richest Man in Babylon or something. And they're all just the same thing. Like it's you got to just you know obsess about your customers and 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 work hard about what you're passionate about. And you know if if you if you work harder than the other guy, then you'll you'll succeed. And it's just, I don't know, it's just such a big, it pisses me off so bad every time, like, it comes up in my normal life. Yeah. It, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is absolutely a fantasy. Like, if it's a great fantasy story about, like, a young man that happened upon this dad that, like, taught him all this stuff. But it is not repeatable at all. He does not explain, like, how you're supposed to do anything at all. He just talks down to you like you're a fucking idiot and you don't know what to do. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, if you don't know it, you're a poor dad. You just think like a poor dad. <laughs> yeah. If you can't figure out what I'm saying here, it's like, I don't know how to get $100,000 to buy a property, Mr. Kiyosaki. I'm making $9 an hour and I just read your book. I don't see any opportunities right now to to own a car wash or to buy a duplex apartment and live in one side and rent out the other. Yeah, this I'm, I'm 23 years about. old. I'm not going to be a landlord. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a it, that book is fucking astoundingly stupid. I I I really can't wait to talk about it for an hour and a half or so. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. It's a yeah. good story and I believe that rich dad poor dads are the best leads. I that I sounds will like say a good that lead. that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Have a good night. It makes sense because those people are so sure of themselves. They think they're the smartest person in the room. So if you can convince them it's a good idea to have a finance coach, they're going to be like, of course I did it. I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know what to do. Yeah. You know? I'm not a stupid. That book. Yeah. We're going to get into more. Yeah. We're going to talk about it all month long. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, get motivated Tuesday night. We're doing a stream uh, on Wednesday. We're recording the first episode of Get Motivated about Rich Dad Poor Dad with Kate Raff from the Hot and Rich podcast. Uh, are you ready for our last call at the jump in? Yeah, let's get it. I gotta pee like I'm dying. Hey, Froggy. <laughs> hey, hi. welcome to Street Fight. Hi, um, hi, my name's Guy, and um, I'm calling because. I listened last week and um, I heard somebody give you a tip of how to um, hack getting a vaccine by giving a, a letter from a company <laughs> saying you're an essential worker, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to let you know, I think I've heard, uh, Brett, you say you work with Food Not Bombs? Yeah, you're the, you call the voicemail, right? Yeah, and I just wanted to, I didn't know how regularly you check that, but then it occurred to me that anybody else who listens to Street Fight, I know it's good people, should know that they may qualify too. From working for Food Not Bombs? Yeah. Like, what? what's yeah, the because, thing? Um, yeah, because um, providing uh, food and uh, nutrition, especially we work here at Food Not Bombs uh, with the homeless population a lot and everything, and that's considered a health essential healthcare worker brett go get your vaccine man go get your scene i don't know i guess i will yeah i would shit i'd be on the vaccine website right now like where's my vaccine yeah wow so so it was pretty go ahead go ahead you know you i mean 
Yeah, it was pretty easy. The um, the group just put together a letter. Um, and we each sign each other. Oh, my wife's on the phone too. We each uh, we all signed it or the or- on behalf of the organization. And um, when we went to book our, just like the guy said, just we when we went to book our appointments, we showed them that letter, and uh, we all qualified because we do that work. And so that way you don't have to like cheat the system. You actually do qualify. Um, and from what I've looked into, it seems like in most jurisdictions, that's the case. All right. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Look into that, Brett. I mean, I'd get you. That's we're halfway there when you get yours. Yeah. Uh, why don't you come out and volunteer? So, yeah. And if, you know, if other people, um, work for similar organizations that provide, uh, food or other services to, um, the unhoused population, they likely qualify too. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. That's a great tip, especially for our audience who who does a lot of that kind of work. I mean, I'm sure they'll be thrilled to hear. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Thank you for calling in. Ha- have a good evening. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the Street Fight Calling Show. Thank you, everybody that contributed. He did great work. It was a lot of fun to do. We're back in the studio. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday for the Get Motivated call-in stream. We'll be back on Wednesday for the Basement Show. Uh, next Sunday, we're not going to have a call-in show. You'll probably just get the uh, Get Motivated stream uh, on your podcasting apps. But if you want to support what we do and help us continue this this journey that we're on, Head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio where you can sign up for a monthly donation and immediately get access to dozens of zines, hundreds of audio episodes, and 50 or 60 video uh, episodes, content where we watch uh, Shark Tank and uh, Undercover Boss and other TV shows, the men, the, the men Who Made America, all kinds of crap. It's all available at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. So jump in, help us spread this mess across the U.S. We'll see you later this week. Peace.